You are listening to Thursday Nights, Season 4, Episode 72. Gathers up in the uh, Snowbane's gift. gift. Edith saunters on over and says, "All right, it's about to talk. T- about time to talk about our cut." Mark says, "Of course." Well, and I didn't know that we were giving them a cut. Uh, let me uh, go through the records and. Uh, just divide up some of the, the gold? Aye, well, that's sensible. It's a joint effort. And, uh, Edith says, May I come on board? Uh, certainly. And, uh, Edith, it's a ladder, right? We, yeah, it's a ladder that goes up to the... He's on the ground, though, right? Yeah, it's on the ground, but a ladder has to go up to the second oh, level. Oh, that's right. That's where the doors are. Right. It's just as it was when it was a wheeled carriage as well. <laughs> I didn't know it was Can you imagine? <laughs> the portrait that? is definitely tied up to the outside. Yeah, like getting the anvil <laughs> into this thing was a challenge. <laughs> we have this um, giant portrait of a Excuse me, but no. <laughs> Even for bear job, lifting an anvil is a no, challenge. No, it just it's looks just, difficult. How, uh, how observant were they while we were collecting this loot? How much do they know that we do have? They, well, we, I don't know. If or, sorry, know. how much do I think that they know that we have. Yeah, what were they doing while we were rummaging around was, collecting loot? We were not actively dis- like trying to deceive them, but we we were definitely not actively showing them anything. Uh, they were inside the place uh, uh, searching around as well. Okay. But they caught, they personally put their Did- hands on nothing that you listed for us. Uh, yeah, they were just watching you. Gotcha. Did- not closely. Not Did like they, they were also get their own themselves. treasure table that they rolled on? So he just asked, and the answer is no. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, cool. can we steal their treasure? So they, they were in the, they were, they, we can kind of narrate it, like, they were in the structure for other reasons, but yeah. we were all, all they were, crazy. they were, they were inspecting, uh, uh, the building, uh, two of them were down below, like, in the tunnel and going up above and were looking at the keystone and were maybe performing some sort of uh, uh, rights. Like, uh, I bought them time, which is, they didn't know how much time we have. We don't know how much time we have. I bought them time to make investigations that they probably wouldn't have much time to do otherwise as well. Yep. Like, so, so play that card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drewston uh, says uh, uh, in Dwarven Tama, uh, should, should I split the, the gold and silver in half for them? I was about uh, half. He, 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 he says I'm back. He says, he says uh, the yes, no guy says she does not speak more. Oh. Uh, she does not speak more. Oh, now that I know that, he speaks back and he says, leave this to me, cousins. Let's see what they want first. Oh, I think we could give a flame tongue, too. Uh, you guys got chairs in here? Like I said, Dresden, let's leave this to me. You got stools. <laughs> Bearjot stool. just sits on the ground because uh, right, Bearjot doesn't touch I don't wish chairs. to antagonize him. I'd prefer if we left, uh, left... Without too many hard feelings. I he say says, we... Uh, Mark says, I see a clear strategy to get what we want. So she's like in this place and you're just spot talking, like having a conversation in Dwarven right That's exactly right. She okay. just told three this is, I think this plays dwarves. into the, the ambivalent racism that exists among yeah. the dwarves. 
Also, she just sold four dwarves. Give me half your treasure. No, she, it is expected that those dwarves would she, she turn. Say half. She said she wants a cut. Uh, but it is expected those dwarves would then turn to each other and be like, dwarf, 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 dwarf. Dwarf, dwarf, dwarf. I mean, I, how does she react yeah. as, as we as we talk? She's very, sitting very relaxed. She's sitting patiently on yeah. the stool. Uh, you know, upon conclusion, Mock turns or he says, uh, <clears throat> So, Edith, uh, what do, uh, you saw a bit of the uh, the shinies that we pulled out of that, that building of yours. What uh, What would you like? He says, first I wanted to thank you for uh, for your assistance in, uh, uh, in righting the wrong, she hesitates for just a moment, for righting the wrong that was put upon this place and the, uh, and freeing the trapped souls that have been here for, uh, for far too long. I indebted abomination and uh, these poor souls, if they were trapped in that state, well, even better than It's fun to fight, though. Well, you put my cousin Bern's mind at a bit of ease, and I appreciate that too. And she says, and furthermore, he says, your, uh, he says, using your, uh, he says, using your valuable resources to, to stabilize the building bought us precious time to study the structure, and we will continue for the next couple of, couple of days. Is the keystone deactivated then? It seems to... Oh, I deactivated it very well. Oh, it seems like it is, but uh, you're, uh, you seem like, maybe you, I don't know, know more about this sort of stuff than I do. She, uh, she says, I know how to crush things. Perhaps a little, but, uh, he says, the magic of the Weird Sisters is still, um, uh, is still a tough mystery to solve. That's a compliment. Scrim is in earshot, but he is actively just uh, looking right at the building, he's looking at stuff sulky. on the walls and stuff. Uh, no, he, it's he, a bit sulky. He's he, he if you look at him, it looks like he is is researching, is is taking in. Uh, looking so he like like we're all discussing. He's like standing there looking at that wall, like oh, this is interesting, a little bit of paint or something. Uh, or... No, no, no. He is. <laughs> <laughs> he's actively looking for. He's being he's being helpful. He's looking actively looking yeah. for signs that he interprets, not that these problems that mm-hmm. he interprets. He's looking for like crows. Witches. On the ground, spelling out "kill her." Oh, so yeah. you're in the crypt. You're making your yes. own investigation. Yeah, back on the... Oh, you're back on the thing. Um, yeah, sorry. Well, that's where all like I the forgot. nickel and dime negotiations happening. Be there or not. Right, okay, that makes more sense why you guys are like, Scrim is just picking at a corner of the road. <laughs> the ribs, fungus of the wall! That is the case. That makes more sense. Okay, um, okay, okay no, then Scrim will be there. I want him to be involved in the conversation. Um, he'll be have his arms crossed, as puffing on his pipe. Very nice. With a scowl. <laughs> a scowl, like a scowly or scowl than usual. But like an, an old. Not, not an overly scowly. Resting. Kind of he's like, rest, yeah, like he's not covered. impressed at all with her shape. Yeah, he never has. He says, "It is our charge to understand these sisters and uh, and find out more about what their uh, what their designs are." So your uh, task from Ao is specifically about the sisters. Just, uh, yes. Oh. I thought that was a. We thought there was more actors. I thought that, that maybe you, that like was like, you know, one of many. No. An element under a general yeah, set of tasks. This is our life charge. It seems like... Only one. Are. You're only focused on dealing with them. That is why we are uh, assembled. So is it is it the witch's quest to become gods then? Other, no, other that, than... That uh, ignites your quest. He says... You are an observant, uh, an observant fellow, uh, Drustin Green. 
He says, You have two of them. I. Really? He says, one It is our belief oh. that the uh, that the witches, uh, that the sisters' the designs are. Uh, he says, are uh, perhaps along those lines. That would explain Ale's interest in in them. And that would be a that would be a, a bad thing. Tft. Dft. He says that would be a blasphemous abomination to reality itself. Would it harm the world in some way? He says it would harm uh, uh, Ale's designs. Your life's charge and. Uh... <clears throat> Frighteningly little information to lay your hands on, it sounds. That's a bit like pop sounds, calling them Captain Black Bear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't claim to know more than I do. I don't know if they do either. <laughs> they have the air of it. I mean, uh, help me understand here. Yeah, uh, I've spent my last 15 years digging around in the ground in the ruins of fallen civilizations. I'll, I'll know about the things I can wipe out to people. What level of destruction? What level of badness are you saying? Are you saying it uh, a badness just amongst the the highest peaks and the realms of the gods, or a badness that would affect uh, the the farmers and hunters of Fawn Fawn Brook Fort Fawn Brook Fort? She says Fort Fawn Brook. She says the local area. You have spent your life studying uh, studying mortal beings and the affairs of mortals, so it would make sense that uh, he says that that is the only place that your mind goes. She says, she says, she says the designs of Ale do not. Uh, uh, she says the concerns, the concerns and and affairs of mortals are not of uh, any care to Ale. I think. Care to Ale. I don't know much about him, but the impression I had is he's so far removed from us, like, think of yourself and an ant. So Ao is to the gods as you are to an ant, and, wait, I think it's in the wrong. Well, if the ants began chanting my name, I would pay attention. Ao is to an ant. I don't know, whatever the ants consider ants. Can you imagine that? But I want to know if uh, the witches... So, you don't worry about the ants that the ants worry about. I want to know if the witches would be coming gods would be like ants becoming an... We don't know about them. We don't know. Is it like ants becoming an ant eater? Or is it like <laughs> uh, ants becoming a bunch of dwarves and just ignoring the ants? How, how much of a danger is it to, to the actual mortals of this world? Oh, she says, I do not understand your concern with ants. And she says, oh, I am... Uh, she says, she says... Our charge is to uh, is to follow the orders of Ale, which is to uh, which is to undo the damage of the weird sisters. Hmm. He says he says their designs offend Ale, and therefore they offend us. Oh, all right. Oh, very fascinating. He says so it is popular. unknown to anybody what the witches uh, uh, what the sisters might do to obtain such power. He says, but any possible approach would be unacceptable. She says, we do not have specifics. That is not the way we work. And she looks to Baron when she says this. I mean, working with deities is... Well, I mean, Scramgorn, I'm sure you know. this oddly put out here, but yeah. Yeah, you don't know the full picture of it. 
He says, it is the way of all of our gods. He says, real or otherwise. Oh. Um. Or we shouldn't say real. We should no, say, uh, say legitimate or otherwise. Uh, Recognized or otherwise. Or just say like all powerful or not, maybe. All powerful or not. He says, it is the way of, uh, it is a way of the gods to be, uh, uh, to be mysterious. Scrim lets out a, ha! And, uh, and keeps puffing away his pipe. <laughs> wow. you, you've seen it. Scrim, Scrim, not at any point interacting with Hanzeo, has he, ever been, has he been interested in a, in a debate with them? No. Nor he seems ground. to be avoiding yeah. it at, a, at all costs. He's, in fact, he's uh, well. He, he, uh, you you can see it as as avoiding it, um, but you see that he's just not. He's he's not cagey about it. He's just he's like he's not wasting his time. The, the com- lack of common ground, I think, is is definitely what it what it comes across as. In dwarven to his cousin Mock again, and he says, oh, "I think the concern to the hand are a bit beyond us, cousin." What do you want me to give these folks? They've asked for nothing, and we have everything, so let's buy their time in Drustin. I. He turns back. How about, kind of How about them? A cage match. You guys are the ones that changed the subject to yeah. the thing. Are you? Are you bringing it back around? Uh, Mock had, had just said the question out, yeah. and then things. Mock so is he's, our he's negotiator waiting. here. Yeah, he, 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 he well. asked her what she wants, and then things kind of riled up, yeah. so he's just. And Just, waiting for him to pick back up. Did you say Baron's gonna say something? Is there any more infor- I don't know, place I could get some information about all this business besides you for a pamphlet. The new good news. He says that is not our uh, it is not our charge to document uh, uh, to document our uh, our mission. Hmm. Well, the whole thing is all very strange and new to me, so I'd certainly want to go research it elsewhere. You know, multiple sources, confirmation, all that sort of thing. She says. It is a wise man that seeks uh, that seeks confirmation. She says, "Unfortunately, I don't know if you'll find it here." Oh, probably not here. But we'll be traveling a bit. Speaking of traveling, well, speaking much, I think we're looking to head on our way here pretty soon. She says, ah. "Yes, back to the matter at hand." She says, "If it were up to me, I wouldn't care one way or another about what you found in the crypt. As far as uh, as far as I am concerned, it." Uh, he says, you are the ones that stopped it from collapsing and probably saved most of what was inside. He says, I'm sure you've already discussed amongst yourselves standing here in front of me that you feel the same way. Mock says, uh, really the, the reasons behind a desire for wealth and what is wanted. I've been wandering the roads with these good people long enough to know that everyone has very different motivations. And he kind of slowly turns out to regard his Good friend Scrimcorn. He says Scrim gives him a nod. Uh, it is, it is, it's amicable. But he says, and, and so rather than assume to know your designs or interests, I would leave it to you to, to ask. And no one is here to deny that there wasn't cooperation. In Aye, without your knowledge of what the cornerstone was about, would have taken us some time to work that out ourselves. Says it is. Uh, it says. He says, Torm does not ask me to seek out, uh, uh, to seek out gains in wealth or, uh, wealth or power. Uh, he says, but some of my companions, uh, 
my executor of Grunsch, for example, will not walk out of here without uh, without something to show from it. Show for it. She says, I ask you, what do you think is fair? Uh, Mark says, <coughs> well, there is, we can go back and forth all day on who contributed what and what percentage this and value of the of the real estate uh, and I, fight for I, I it. And, and to get into lengthy explanations of our interests are, are are not relevant to me to me it seems very clear that a trade must be made of gold for Ted for it seems to me that your group is interested in leaving with the father of two of ours no knowledge as to your intentions for him. So, I think it's important to know what your plans are for Ted and whether or not you think to allow that we will allow you to live with him in your possession. Um, and perhaps what that would be worth to you. He owes me money. Because he stole my money. Just to clarify that. He took my money. Screw goes into this pipe, like. There is. Put that in your pipe. There is justice owed on our behalf. What? Ooh, I can fight Ted for the money. Yes. Yes. Baron says in Dwarven, Cousin, you want to take Ted with us? Bach doesn't acknowledge. He says... He says... And he doesn't know if they want Ted either, but they've kind of alluded to it. Hey. He says... This is unexpected. He says... You want to take Ted with you. He says... As your prisoner... I sure of hell am not comfortable letting you take him. And especially not for no price. Uh. A price not agreed on by my companions here. He says, Ted is not the thing for sale. He says, He says, not not in your possession and not for you to sell. He says, he's not not for you you to accost and to take what you will when he owes my, his own son a debt and has made slights against us. He says, there is justice to be served here, and a bargain is part of that in my culture. Scrim makes eye contact with his, his brother like. A man so blighted with curses, you say, leaves death wherever he goes, and it is not in my personality, nor my people's, nor my companions, to allow those deaths to continue amassed unanswered. So, I don't think anyone else in the party has heard this. How straight faced is everyone being right now? So, I'll do a quick thing. Scrim does not want Ted with us, but, <laughs> but he has traveled with this group long enough to know that when Mock is wheeling a deal, mm-hmm. to not tip the hand. So Scrim is doing everything in his power to not give any of this away, and it's just like, he's good with a hard play! <laughs> also, oh, he's, he's just like, <laughs> harsh shot. Harsh leaf. You guys know too that Mock isn't like a cl- uh, cards close to the best type of guy. He would have told you, but this is like a bang bang situation. Like, right. like the thing is co- collapsing. Okay, let's grab the shit. What's our cut? And so, like, Mock puts this together on the fly, and this is kind of a little bit of a right. circumstantial Scrim thing. completely is just hands off on this. He's like, what right. about Oil Vein? What does he look like? Uh, oil Vein is like his kind of his eyes are kind of wide right he now. He did he did respond a little bit. Yeah, because he he. Uh, he owes me money. He, he knows that he owes him money, like, uh, Ted owes him money, but also, like, you know, he kind of wants to figure out if there's any kind of justice that he can get, but also simultaneously thinking that there there are questions that need some answers from Ted right now. So that's, but he doesn't exactly know if, if this actually does happen. Well, what, I mean, what if their plan, is out of character, if their plan is just to cart Ted off and be like, 
cool guy, see you later. Like, mm-hmm. fuck that. Like, he's your dad. There's, like, all this drama. And to be like, yeah, so we got him. He's this weird guy. We'll take care of this. No. <laughs> and, and actually, yes. I am, I'm going to say with Baron. We got, we got your weird dad. Uh, he's going to go along <laughs> with it, but he has a natural negative one to deception. So if she's got a close eye, she's going to, obviously, like, he's going to be like, don't, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Don't press for rolls when your stats are good. Don't invite rolls when your stats aren't. I'm just saying, <laughs> let it ride. That, that, that's how it goes. So. Fact, fact. Edith closes her eyes, tilts her head down, dreads fall down over her face for a moment. She takes a deep breath in, and uh, uh, she opens her eyes and says, Let me get Ted. And uh, she gets up from her stool and goes over the thing. She's gonna run, man. And she shouts. She shouts and says, uh, "I gotta pull up their names. What's this guy's name? Glum. Glum. I bring Ted up. Uh, up here to the balloon. What? <laughs> says you heard me. Bring Ted. What was Ted's voice? I was that. What? You? Me? He sounds like Scrimcorn. I think of him as a combination of the dad from American Pie and Scrimcorn. So, if you want to... Squatch! Okay. It's a little bit of a 1920s type of game. You put your penis in a pie. That's just how it goes, you see. That's just full full 20s. I could do that easier. Don't give me a subtle blend of... In a pie, see? Just don't say see and you're kind of right in the neighborhood. It's exactly what it's like. It's putting your dick in. All right, all right. So he, uh, yeah. Good improv. A minute later, uh, a minute later, Ted is climbing up the ladder to Snowbane's gift. You've done well for yourself, son. I'm so proud of you. And he, he comes in and looks around and says, hey, I'm not trying to not and he's see like, his penis when I look at him. <laughs> oh, oh, can I? It's like a I can't see He's not naked now. I know, but oh, memory. I'll just see him that way so many times. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Jason goes over to his books. And Edith uh, says, <laughs> Dead. Uh, <laughs> he says, They say that uh, uh, they say that you owe them a debt. <laughs> it was an investment opportunity. How much does he owe you? Oh, I think it was... Oh, man. I think it was almost like 900 gold, was it? Or 600 or 900, I can't remember. It was, it was when we got it was back... It was when we got to Mirabar after the Sunless Citadel. We were pretty flush at that point. Yeah, I had no gold, and Kale gave me 22 gold, I think, after. That's all I remember. So, <laughs> you got I had a bunch of... Right, so, call several hundred. Yeah, yeah so we, Mock was over a thousand. I think this, the loss was there. Yeah. I'm not splitting hairs, though. I think that's unimportant. You know what you did, old man. You know what you did... Mock chimes in, he says, That uh-huh. was a sure thing. You be quiet, Ted. There was also the action of a theft of a body part, as I recall. Well, we shall take that. What too. price would you put on that? You win. Oh, the pinky. That's my, uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get... Let's, uh... Let's finish this conversation. Remind me at the end of this conversation, because i got to take my antibiotics okay. in my eyeball. Uh, but I want to I wanna continue the momentum here. Yeah. Okay. He says, A body part. Yeah, I, so, I remember you mentioned this yesterday. She looks you up and down. <laughs> I had to get this back from my dad's lover. Yeah, I don't know. I was kidnapped. 
Uh, it was uh, it's about uh, love and more about explosive sex. But... Try, try, trust me, son. I was uh, it was uh, it was gonna benefit us both. I, I the, she look, she she betrayed me. It wasn't my fault. Well, you betrayed me. You could have told me. You could have been honest with me about it. I said no. Uh, How did the pinky get to her anyway? Well, yeah, that's fine. That's a good question. That's a remarkable distance to travel, from what I understand of where she heard she was located. I don't know how her magic worked. Uh, she just showed up. Understood. She came and got it. He says, yeah. I see. Give it to him, one of them. says, what is that, uh, what is it worth to you? What loss have you sustained? I mean, I got my pinky back. It's emotional And damage. then I got that money back. Also, he's a terrible father. What's the cost of that? She says, I cannot write that here. He's she trying says, to write something. She <laughs> says, I seek justice. She says, I seek to balance the scales here. We could take his It's about Max Mercy says, with money? Well, does says, Ted have what, any money on him? If that's what it takes. <laughs> I thought there wasn't a price you could put on things like fatherhood or theft yeah. of a body part. He says, he says, just, what? You're the one calling his money. And he continues, he says, he says, what would keep that exarch, what is the smallest price that would keep that exarch out there happy and keep it, his sword in his scabbard and would allow us to depart with you owing us a small favor when the time comes? He says, well, that does not sound like balance to me. He says, uh, well, says, tell you me. You want to buy, you want to, uh, you want to purchase a favor is what you're asking. I'm a, a favor for a favor, I look at it. You leave him with Ted, given what he owes, owes our uh, our companionship, given given that we know nothing of really who you are and what you intend to do with him, what your purposes are. She says, Ted, are you our prisoner? Uh, no. Ted, do we keep you fed? Uh, yes. Says, Ted, are you with us? Are you traveling with us on your uh, on your own free will? Uh, yes. So says, then, he is not a prisoner. And Mark turns to Oilvane and, uh, and Scrim, and he says, Oil Scrim, would you allow Ted to continue traveling? Or as sons with a bit of a chip on your shoulder, are you interested in intervening here? And he asks an honest question. Scrim looks to Oilvane. Can shake him. Um, <laughs> we can't... I mean, what are the odds of us having run into him in this first place? I feel like... This happened for a reason, but... As uh, those right. two are talking, I want you to continue your conversation, but she just, like, she... Yeah. Not speaking so loud as to overpower, like, their conversation, he says, he says, Ted is a member of our... Uh, Ted is traveling with us as a, uh, as a member of our uh, traveling party. Says, and he says, as such, his debts have become ours. Mark. She says, yeah. I simply seek to uh, depart here with you feeling as though he has not escaped repaying an honest debt. And Mark says, and I do not accuse you of imprisoning him, but I'm wondering if there's an interest in not allowing him to slip through our fingers. Uh, he says, uh, the intervention is what I'm speaking of here. Uh, Ted is, Ted simply whisked himself away last time, and what I wonder is whether or not your continued companionship is the forum for his justice deserved. He says, I would propose some wages for your companions who need them, and in, 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 a, in an ongoing connection between your group and ours, to answer some of these lingering questions that exist. Questions between 
my cousin and yourself. Question between Scrim and yourselves. You are a very, you're a very strange people, and to have you simply depart off into the unknown parts, I would, I would prefer to, to have access, communication, as things continue to develop. And he looks back at Scrim with a little bit of a more eerie view. Like, the issue isn't quite settled for him about what the hell is going on. Uh, sharing an ale with you and uh, being able to communicate, you know, through magical means would uh, certainly not be unwelcome. You want her phone number? She looks back to Scrim and uh, Oilvane, whose conversation is concluded. Um, yeah, I think I think that we're, we're um, uh, Scrim would pull his brother over the side. Yeah, go ahead, to play, play it out. Private thing, or, or play it out, or play out the results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and uh, and Scrim talks to his brother, and, uh, and again, just to establish it's private. Um, this is, yeah. uh, Scrim uh, says, uh, <clears throat> he says, "I don't want it with us, but uh, something about these, <clears throat> this this crew having our father." At their at their beck and call, no matter what he says, turns my stomach. There's, he he definitely owes us, and specifically you, at the very least, the money he took, um, the the price put on on his his crime of of robbing you of your body, um, uh, is is. For you to decide, but uh, if someone steals your car and you get it back, so stole your fucking stolen. car. Exactly. <laughs> it's grand yeah. Theft Auto. I'm trying to like, figure out like the how the crime doesn't that. change at all if you get it recovered in, mm. in mint condition. Um, still a terrible person. But yeah. and the shrimp says he says he owes you, therefore they owe us. <clears throat> he says, but something else, brother, that occurred to me. These yeah. hands of Ao, they want to find out more about the witches. Mm. Is there anything that our father, Ted, knows? Is he the one that could be talking to them about? Is it, um, I'm gonna think, um, I want to figure out a phrase that. It says, uh, I don't, I don't know that he, that he knows anything. Um, he's always been, uh, 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 a transient presence wherever he's been. He says, uh, "I don't, I don't know what he knows. I'm not interested in hearing his lies. I think they're fools to listen to him. But I also can't imagine he knows of it, anything useful." Uh, I mean, like I, like I was hearing them say, if there's a way to keep tabs on Ted somehow, I mean, if, if for some reason if we can't take Ted with us, at least we'll have that. Because I don't, I don't feel comfortable having him wander off, being around somewhere in the world, doing whatever without being accountable for anything. You think he's better? You think, not he, you think the world is better off with him under, under there? Under That's there, the question. There, there I, mean, I don't. If he came with us, I don't know what would happen. Honestly, he says it would be bad for us. Mm. That I honestly believe. Is I don't trust these people, but I almost wish his ills upon them. 
more than us. Fair enough. If, if he really is saturated with curses, let it infect someone else. That's true. I don't feel like being used again. And that you've brought up a good point. Yeah. I think they're just assholes. <laughs> All of them and Ted. Hmm. Maybe they deserve each other. Oil vein, he looks from you. Um, it is. But if there's any way we can play this <laughs> to help out, to help Mox negotiate, and he leans into Mox um, negotiations, I'd be, I'd be comfortable with that. Mm. Nice. Steal them everything that we can. Steal Considering them. what they've done, balance it all. <laughs> And you guys are hearing everything the box is right. They're not, no, being, they're not being quiet. They're not being quiet. So kind of the proposal on the table right. a little He's bit is like, yeah. let's keep a connection, communication open. You know, he, he said like you owe us a favor. She balked. He backed right. off a little bit on that. Said like, look, there needs to be mutual interest connection. We got to explore kind of how this is developing. That plus like the really the, the token, the token price to whatever pay off like the whatever yeah, this is pit, the pit bull that's, that's the corner yeah. he's mumbling in the corner so asking negotiations in terms of like supporting mock negotiation that's kind of where that is right um so Scrimson's like do you are you are you good with that I'm good with that um and Scrim uh so that was your whole like conversation that was our whole conversation yeah. there Scrim's gonna um uh like kind of at the end of each of these two conversations so now she looks to you to um <clears throat> Uh, uh, you know, if, um, Scrim uh, doesn't regard her, but uh, regards his uh, traveling companion, and uh, and in Dwarven, if Scrim, does Scrim have high confidence that she doesn't, she hasn't responded, responded to any of the Dwarven. Not so far. Not reacted to anything. Not reacted to it. Um, I'm trying to figure out how much he actually knows of that. But these guys were talking to Dwarven about the about the plan. So about I mean, the if negotiation. So he'll just double trust down. That. He'll trust that. Um, and he says in Dwarven to, uh, um, um, to mock, uh, <clears throat> uh, we don't, uh, we don't want him with us. It's weird to do a voice if I'm trans- uh, Sorry, I'm, you get, I'm you get getting it. all mixed up. Um, what's the Dwarven accent of Scrim's voice? Um, uh, <laughs> that's another layer of another layer. exception. He he he's, he sums up kind of what we had agreed, basically saying we don't want him with us, but um, but using him as a bargaining chip. Sure, Scrim is interested, in, and we are interested. <clears throat> Mock uh, turns back to her then and says, "All right, the brothers agree that as long as we can maintain a significant connection with yourselves, you'll watch Ted." You'll be a, a, available to us to report on his de- his dealings and any interest you may have in ours with a token price. There'll be no interference from us in your amicable party. Can you repeat that again? I'm sorry. Sure. I no, yeah, I'm not confused. Just, so. Outside, basically, just he basically. So just she said, looked to she looked to Scrimcorn yeah. and, and he told me. Scrimcorn says in Dwarven. Yeah. And then she looks to mock. He says, like, the, the brothers, the brother, I'll just do it. <clears throat> the brothers have no quarrel as long as we can agree on ongoing communication between our parties. We want to know where Ted is, what status he is in, and we want to know if there is any 
progress on your activities with the witches. That is that and a and a and a and the token needs of the exarch in coin. She says, "It is." She puts on her glasses. She puts on her. Uh, she puts on her mask. Respectful. <laughs> pretty good. That's bold. Mom says, and for this we will. She says, for your first ask. She says, she says, for your first ask, I would be happy to offer our uh, offer our divine services to uh, to Ted, free of charge, should he want to share his uh, uh, his own location or life story with uh, that of his children. But I do not feel that it is fair. For, uh, for you to ask us to give constant progress updates of where he is in the world and what his business is. Not, not progress updates. Respond when we reach to you. And she says, she says, if it is questions about his personal affairs, such as where he is, she says, I would leave it to him as a choice to respond. She says, I would be happy to respond, confirming that we have received your message. Mark says, uh, And if you want, I can apply some pressure... Uh, encouraging him to uh, to reply in some manner, but I cannot promise that he would want to uh, give a response a honestly. Person. She says, "This is a family business. I'm not going to force a father to uh, uh, to tell his children." Uh, he says, "Anything that they ask of him." You need not interrogate this uh, this companion of yours, and if he chooses to depart, we're not asking that you make him prisoner. But as long as he remains in your companionship. And we inquire as to his whereabouts and his activities. We want those, that information, fairly and openly. Make no mistake that we are allowing him to continue to proceed in your, in your, uh, uh, in your company. I know it, it is amicable amongst you, but there is a debt between him and his sons. And simply allowing him to ride off is not something that they are comfortable with, unless there is additional information as to his whereabouts which we cannot track. So, by riding with him, you agree that you will allow, you, you will let us know where he is and what he is doing as long as he remains with you and we reach out. He says, I do not see this deal as presented as being, uh, as being a fair deal. I am here to, uh, I am here to, uh, to find a balance of justice between, uh, what is owed to you and, uh, and our companion, Ted. She says, but it seems that you're saying that the only uh, that the only resolution were it's not for our presence would be to take him prisoner. And she says, and for the crimes I have heard, he says his uh, uh, his forced imprisonment among you is not a fair trade. She says, let us uh, let us have justice, let us have reconciliation, if that is what you are looking for, and let us have uh, and let us have a proposal for justice. But him being under a permanent scrying from you, he says, by way of us. She says, that does not seem like justice to me. Scrim elbows his way in the conversation and says, <clears throat> Fine! Then then 800 gold and his pinky. That's... Okay, I can do one of those things. <laughs> he says, his actions have a direct effect on us. We need to know where he's at. If you're not okay with that, then we need to take exactly the cost of, of what he's taken. She says, I would be open to that deal. Torm truly is a strange god, and he looks to Baron, literally to weigh in on, like, 
this really fucking weird ethos that Mock doesn't have much kind of connection with. And Scrim's pushing this as he doesn't want the gold. <laughs> well, like, he, clear, he has no clearly value Torm is an eye for an eye type of person. Right. Well, no, no. An eye for an eye is not, uh, it's the maximum that can be extracted. It's, it's, uh, it's, a. Uh, it's an argument for fair and just punishment because the idea is you take my eye, I take your life and kill your whole family. So it's right. a limitation on the amount of justice that may be extracted right. from an individual. So the amount of money stolen and the bodily injury matched would be the maximum that could be expected. Aye. She seems more amicable to, and he's saying this guy, she seems more open to this than a simple report. If, Aye, if, they have no interest if, in being prisoner, prison guards. Yeah, but if, speaking in common, right? Yeah, yeah. He says, but if and he is really just trying to understand. He's like, if but Ted you are not if, looking for a report, you are looking for a permanent open channel into his whereabouts in the whole if world. If he stays, you know, no, he's like, if he is with you, if he just leaves, like they're they're exempt. This is only while Ted remains. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I understand yeah, okay. the limitations well, of terms, but I can also not promise to tell you where we are in the world every time that you ask. She says that could compromise our entire mission. He says it is not acceptable. Well, let's do this one thing. Is there a counter-proposal that you would offer? I I have proposed you a counter-proposal. The the money in the pinky? The money in the pinky? No, she she explained in detail that she would offer uh, uh, divine rituals free of charge to Ted to communicate Uh, with you whenever asked, and that she would pass on messages and heavily uh, encourage, she said, him to reply to your inquiries to at least prove that he is receiving the uh, questions, but that she would not mandate what the contents of those responses would be. Sure. That was what she explained she thought was a fair... Right. Uh, okay. That, in the spirit of what you asked. Sure. But, gotcha. I, I, I get, I'm getting more of that now. And so, upon that, he looks back to the brothers. Scrim uh, mumbles, mumbles loud enough for everyone here to <clears throat> the man's a criminal on the run, and his hosts... Uh, are protecting him from any kind of oversight. He looks then into Elf and he says, "Something or nothing. Uh, so something or a pinky." Mm. Maybe we could spy on him if we had his pinky. I mean, what would I do with his pinky? Spy <laughs> 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 on him. Sleep soundly. He says, "To be clear, we have only discussed the first of your three demands or three uh, uh, two yeah, uh, kind of proposals." Part. Uh, parts of your proposal. Of course. I mean, we're damned if we leave him with them, and we're damned if we take him with us. I don't know. No easy answer. I think keeping him is far away. Explain that to me more. It says, says, how are you damned if you leave him with us? I'm looking for justice. I'm looking for you to not feel that uh, that we are walking away from you with anything owed to you. It says, we are looking for equal exchange. It says, if you walk away from this not feeling good about the deal, then I have not done my job here. I travelled with these people that I trust, and I accepted Ted because I thought I trusted him too, but he betrayed us. My own father betrayed me, he took my money. He is not a trustworthy man. Then why are you travelling with him? you are not! (laughs) What are you, what uh, how, I mean, what are you doing to to deal with the fact that he's not a trustworthy person? You're travelling with him. She doesn't trust him, I suspect. (laughs) Part of our agreement, part of our mutual agreement with Ted is that, um... Uh, is that Valden puts him under a magical sleep each night so that he does not uh, slit our throats and steal our coin. Uh, it's, it's true, I agree to that. I think I'm managing it. Best sleep I've gotten in years. <laughs> They're housing though. and feeding a man who, as soon as gets out of their grasp, would go and swindle and steal from others. So are you what saying are you that proposing, the only justice you is to take split his head his off? Throat? 
<laughs> she said the same thing. Said, the same time. It's says, more about crushing, really. He says, I'm proposing what we have, which is ability to know where he's at. <clears throat> so, I, you look to be his prison warden from afar. I want to be able to look over my You're shoulder like to know he's not going to steal my pinky. I'm confused. Do you want him with us? No, I just want in that, in the deal that, that he had on him. She says, I propose that if Ted ever leaves our companionship, that we will tell you as soon as it were to happen. Yeah, I feel like they're basically agreeing. He says, we can't tell you where he goes, there. but if he... He says, as long as he is with our companionship, he will not come for you in the night. And she says, and if he leaves our companionship, we will let you know via uh, a magical communication. I think that's or divine communication. Well, that's the best we can hope for. I mean, you know what? They're not prison guards. If you want them in jail, you can... It is, but they are providing food and shelter to a man who was stolen from us and will do to others in the future. If they don't find him, surprised. he'll run away like a Halloween puppy. I mean, right. Can you say reason. that you have never caused the death of, uh, uh, caused the death of others? So many he says, others. My, he says, my actions, putting me on trial, is irrelevant from your desires to keep Ted and not let us know where he is. She says, I simply seek to point out that we all, uh, that we have all walked complicated paths in our lives and that, uh, and that no one of us has done, uh, has done nothing that we are ashamed of. I have never stolen a pinky <clears throat> from myself. She says, it is wrong. Ted is not ashamed of his actions and you know that. <laughs> have you she seen says, him naked yet? She says, I will concede this point. <laughs> <clears throat> Mark says, clearly we are here to exact, in this world, on the open road, the justice you get is the justice you bring about yourselves. And this is what we are here for. Aye. He says, uh, and, and, and this is why oil veins, sordid history, scrims, childhood, and his very circumstances come to bear on this decision with Ted. It may, in my esteem, as, as, as I... As a dwarf and uh, uh, one of one of kin and clan, it, 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 it would be within my purview to have his head and be done with it for the slights he has already committed. But this is not my decision. And this is why we negotiate allowing this continued partnership benefit that you clearly desire, which we know nothing about, some few facts of the, uh, the half-brothers here. Uh, but we seem to be more or less concluded on this first point. What was it? About, the, about what they're going to... <laughs> information yeah, that what, they would... Uh, information versus allowing this continued partnership, not intervening with Ted leaving with them. Okay. Right, cordial communication. We'll talk to them, they'll talk to us. Seems fairly yeah. straightforward. Fairly straightforward. Because they're not prison guards, they're not keeping him captive, they're not signing up to be lo- mobile I, jailers. On that we agree. So, your second point. He says, you want any updates on anything that we learned about the Weird Sisters? Uh, he says, yes, I would. She says, that is impossible. He Very says, well. that has nothing There's to do... There's a clear conflict of interest there, cousin. Nothing to do with the, uh, uh, with Ted here, and nothing to do with, uh... Well, she stops and says, well, I suppose that has a little bit to do. She says, it uh, could compromise, uh... She says, I could not make that deal in good faith. For, uh, she says, for my, my loyalties lie first with, uh, first with Torm, second with Ale, and only third to anything below that. So very well, I retire the ask. 
I only ask for the anomaly that you present, the anomaly of, of my friend Scrimcorn, is entirely over my head. But we find ourselves in some of the ugliest scrums you'll ever see on a weekly basis at this point, it seems. So <laughs> if there's more information you can send me, I appreciate it. Hi. Cordial communication. She says, I don't mind talking to you. I just cannot promise what we would uh, what we would divulge about our specific mission. Conceded. Yeah, I it mean, says, we can ask you if, like, you know, have you lost any body parts? Has anyone stolen your money? I mean, <laughs> I feel like those are fair questions. Just not to ask on a friendly basis. And likely to be asked often. Yes. As to yes. you, Oilvane, does Ted have coin in his possession? Could the debt be uh, recompensed? He says, that is the third point. She says, you have, asked, uh, you have off- offered a, uh, a, a token value for, uh, it says, enough to satisfy, uh, satisfy Bogrush. Yes, says, we do the not, most we don't wish coin-motivated of my companions. You do not wish armed conflict here, and I am, I am glad we have been able to cooperate up until this point. I know that's She says, <laughs> the way I see it <laughs> is this. Way. She says, what you have pulled from that crypt, at least some of it is priceless in and of itself. Thousands, tens of thousands of gold it could fetch, given the right, uh, given the right market and effort put into it. She which, says, is, which is hard to find that market and that buyer. She says there is nobody in this ship or down on the ground that cannot see, uh, that cannot see the value of such a thing from, uh, uh, he says, from far off. Nor have we hidden it. She says, but I have also heard that uh, that our companion, and she gestures to Ted, and he says, owes you quite a significant, uh, owed you quite a significant amount of money uh, uh, in direct. Uh, reconciliation for what? Reconciliation? Yeah, reconciliation for what? Recompense. Uh, for what he has stolen from uh, stolen from you in a simple case of theft. She says, he says, as well as some other, uh, as well as some other priceless items of theft, as I understand it. He says, that being said, she says, I think that I could convince my companion that if you were to give us, call it a hundred gold to satisfy his, uh, to satisfy his uh, his need to gain something and call it uh, and call it even for Ted's debt owed, uh, and you keep the uh, and you cre- keep the priceless artifacts. Hundred gold. Should we give them one hundred gold? Yeah. Oh, well, I think that's more than uh, fair. Uh, it, it, well, yeah, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Did you? Wait, Drusten just. Oh, well, Drusten says, I'll think it's more than fair. And he takes a little coin. Her he starts counting on coins. <laughs> no, he tosses them a, uh, 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 not an Electrum, a... Platinum? Platinum piece. Mark looks to Oil and he says, Would you consider your debt with Ted satisfied with this deal? As long as Ted's not getting a share of that. No, I think that's for the, the Orc. Oh, it's all for the Orc. All right. The others are, you know, and I can empathize, you know, serving your god, the duty is the reward. I mean, that's fine. I mean, there's, yeah, you can't really push, put a price on emotional damage and being abandoned, but I mean... Mark says, uh, well, there we have it. Edith, we'd, uh, we'd sign our names where the contract prepared formally, but I'd I settle for an ale if there's time. He says, that would be, uh, he says, that would be agreeable to me. She says, uh, she says, would you come down to our, uh, come down to our camp? Aye, aye. He says, give me 15 minutes to make sure that I can, uh, explain the, uh, explain the bargain to my allies. It could take some, uh, convincing, 
but I am convinced of the justice here. Well, let justice, me know that... I'm convinced of the balancing of the scales. Yes. We'll be down there shortly. And as she departs, Mark looks at the, the, the brothers and he says, Well met, half-brothers. You played your parts very well. <laughs> he says, playing a, playing a gamble with all the chips. Reeking that we, we don't want to touch them. Mm. Uh, it was a dirty affair, but we hadn't, didn't have much time. And young Druston is right, Oil Vane. Though I didn't know if you'd spring for the deal. Hundred gold is a very fair bargain. And he, and, uh, he says, and I think we've pulled something from that temple that would suit you very well in the next scrum. Oh, you what? It's a bond with the portrait? The portrait? What am I going to do with the portrait? Oh! Oh, sorry, I... Oh, God, computer, I assume that was the most valuable thing we found. Oh, Vane's like, yeah, he's holding... He's already holding the... He's the, the, the wand of the one age. <laughs> it sounds like... Sounds like we have at least one person in this group that would trade his pinky for a sufficiently powerful magic item. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, Mark just like says, I don't know if that sword will last the night. I intend to break it and learn something. <laughs> she <Chicken> laughs. laughs. Interesting. Are well, cousin, ah. Uh, <laughs> you'll need medical help. <laughs> the fact that she agreed to all that is rather impressive. I was not expecting here to walk out with it, giving them so little. So hats off to you for that, and she seemed pleased, so well, no complaints there. Well done, boy. Mark says, uh, well, don't thank me so quickly, cousin. You're the one that's going to have to stay in touch with them. I'm not talking to them again. Well, I'm not talking to the, the orc. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. He just seems very reasonable. He's okay. I and Glom seems like a fine lad as, as well. Well, you and Jerusalem can learn all you can about Neo now. And he turns to him and says, and... Maybe we will learn a little more about the witches, all of us. <laughs> you do seem to profess a fair amount of ignorance as to their motivations. Motivations. Equal, equal, and we're in. We think only equal to theirs in their mysterious AO desires. Right, but I'm going to say, I mean, if. What are your own thoughts? I mean, this abomination of this crypt, this is truly the witch's design. Did you see confirmation of that anywhere? I saw you rummaging about in the ruins afterwards. I'm not convinced. It does seem a bit like their flavor, someone asking for eternal life and them saying, ah ha ha ha, now you're a zombie. Spreading misery, spreading misery <laughs> to the it's a spreading <laughs> <laughs> it's a, fair enough. It's spreading misery to those consumed with greed or pride. Punishing hubris. And hubris, punishing hubris, is certainly within their within their pattern. But. Uh, <clears throat> But setting up a whole house of agreed-upon abominations. <clears throat> I'm not sure what to think of it. It's... <clears throat> it's distasteful. It is, it's, it's distasteful, but the source... It is, I couldn't confirm it while I was in there. He says, I couldn't confirm... I didn't see anything inside the house that was... 
writings or anything of uh, of their work. Uh, uh, there were no shrines to them. <clears throat> he says, and the source coming from them, as I've said before, their enemies stretch far and wide. I'm still not convinced that the hands of Ao is not a cult that sprung up from some bitter wish wish makers. Wait, I'm trying to think about it. They seem fairly sincere. <clears throat> they seem like fanatics. Well, I mean, they're not. paladins. But she even said that her first priority was to her god, and one of them being a, a exarch, no, executor. An executor immediately makes their credibility suspect in my book. I'm up. You lost me. What? He's a dark paladin. Oh, right. Aye. Of well, a, that whole god of the gods thing. A, of a god who would who would completely decimate your entire people. Oh, I understand. And uh, I, again, from what I understand of Aeon, I don't know much. He's sort of beyond good and evil, if that makes sense. Like the... Shrim says, none of us are beyond good and evil. Well, no, he, he sort of invented the concept. Convenient. As I understand. <laughs> it is. That that sounds like a cult of fanatics to me. What was the symbol of AO again? I think we said it was a gray circle. A gray ring. A gray ring. Cool. If it was two dimensional. Neutral gray ring. It's a Taurus. It's a gray Taurus. Don't but, uh, but engraved with I invented good and evil. <laughs> <laughs> I think good and evil, so I make my own rules. Um, uh, but but <clears throat> the stream says uh, much to ponder about these hands of ale. Aye, the whole thing is very strange and far beyond things I usually consider. Worth researching. The next big city we come to. Aye, maybe. I'm curious to hear how long they've been around in the history books. Though I am loath to enter a library, he said the as they are loath to accept one of Shar had been doing this for I think she say a century or more. I'm not sure. Anyway, hundred years for the drow. The drow, aye, aye. Uh, you commune with your the, the witches frequently enough. Uh, would it be out of place to ask them if this was their handiwork, or would that just smack of impudence? I don't know what your relationship with him is. He takes a deep puff and is and is aware that he is under the scrutiny of his whole of his whole traveling crew. <laughs> We're all just going. Or as I oh, don't ask if it's a delicate question. He, don't and, he and he takes a puff and uh, and he says, "I'll consider looking into it." <laughs> Bitter leaf. Beer o'clock. Let's go drink. Uh, yeah, I'm screaming for that. Alright, and Baron Mosey's on down towards their camp. And, uh. And the night. Not the night, it's the day. It's the middle of the day. Yeah, we started this up in the morning. Yeah. This is like 11 a.m. time. This is contract drinking. Doesn't really matter what time it is. This means you crack an egg in it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's for the contract, you know? We gotta make a good deal. Yeah. 
Yeah, let's. Uh, um... Baron chats with the the Paladin of Gloam and the Paladin of uh, of Torm, Edith, and uh... let's see. Uh, Bogrush is the or one no, that Gloam puts on the uh, that puts on the entertainment. <laughs> Not really. Um, I one day I'm at a nightclub and this just this comes on. This very beat. Uh, <laughs> and everyone drops acid in the uh, Let me get uh, let me get some real. Music here. Da, 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 da. It seems like it'd be like the creep. Now everyone does like a creepy thing on the dance floor. Like, <laughs> Everybody do the further. <laughs> do the further. <laughs> Raise up the dead. Raise up the dead. And as soon as someone hits the no. keystone, everyone has to drop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The keystone drop. Well, that's the drop in the song, right? Uh, Scrim during this. Classic tavern. Uh, stays glued to his brother, specifically hoping he sees an interaction between him and the uh, dark elf lady. <laughs> yeah, that's his, his entertainment for the evening is, is his watching brother. his brother. His brother's he's all grown so up. Uh, and he's all grown up. <laughs> Look at you, bro. Ovain's Drink is nervous. So Drink is shared. Uh, the hands of Ao seem to be at least uh, accepting the agreement between you and the endless flagon of uh, the endless. Flagon of the alchemy jug, excellent stuff. Ale, well, the alchemy uh, jug's not I endless. No, that's right. Except Bogrush is a gloom. Gloom has an unlimited uh, source of. Uh, oh, I want it. Dwarven ale. Yeah. When you get past level, you stop leveling. <laughs> and uh, he uh, just keeps uh, keeps it flowing for everybody. And awesome. um, uh, some points, Grum- Grumbar comes, uh, comes over as well. Yeah. At some point, Juicin is going to talk to uh, Gloom and ask him if there's any good. Those are ruins where he comes from in those dwarven jungles. Ooh, great question. What was his voice? I think I was just doing it. Dwarven voice. Dwarven voice. Ah, yeah. uh, there aren't too many. Uh, uh, not too many ruins of my people. Uh, we we're doing fine. Tend to stay on the uh, tend to stay on the move a bit. Do you and have your tea there? Says, Yon T says, run across a band or two, but Ooh. not uh, very common in our area. Mm. We slew a Yon T anathema. He says, what is that? Takes out his drawings. single remaining scale and the drawings and all that. Just tells him the story. He says, that is fascinating. And uh, they reminisce over different things, and he tells you stories of uh, places he's been and where he came from, and his uh, and his his uh, wild dwarf uh, clans. He says, "Wild dwarfs uh, don't much interact with you all, uh, you all city folk." What about are you from? What part of the land? He says, "Oh, I hail from uh, Central Faerun, down south." Well, I haven't decided, so it's somewhere over there. Under the jungles of Chilt. The Chocolate Mountains. I mean, chocolate is, so, comes from the jungle. The Chocolate Mountains, chocolate so yes. And the, in the gumdrop forest. Oh. <laughs> oh. Big candy Next to the peppermint trees. It's a faraway place. Delicious. He's drunk. He's drunk. Yeah. <laughs> um, if there's not something that anyone wants to significantly accomplish. Baron is mostly just uh, getting to know specifically Gloam and Edith. Enough so that he feels familiar with them for the purposes <laughs> so of casting the sending spell. He does. He could talk to Char, and he could talk to Bogrush. 
But he doesn't. <laughs> Bogrush uh, immediately goes to Bearjaw. Yeah, Bearjaw was already like ready to go. What's the biggest thing you've killed? <gasps> I was going uh, to ask you! A big thing kill off! <laughs> he says, I have fought an elephant with my bare hands. Oh, that is so cute. Thank you, sir. <laughs> okay, okay. So if the elephant were ten times bigger and made of electricity, that is what I have killed. He says, an electric giant elephant. It's more like a dragon shape. <laughs> like an electric <laughs> large dragon. Electric just, giant elephant really kind of describes. What do you think powers this, the, the, the flying machine? Yeah. Just, just, just the balloons contained within. Just, you have captured it for your ship? Maybe. <laughs> And uh, Bogrush and Bearjaw continue to uh, compare notes, and then it comes into uh, arm wrestling. Oh, absolutely! And it was it was heading there. At the and over the head wrestling. And over the head wrestling, mm. absolutely. Uh, who wins? Me, obviously. Roll. Oh, oh, really? oh, really? <laughs> oh, let's roll that. No, of course, of course, we're gonna roll. He's that. got some divine might on you. Yeah. Oh. Also, he's like nine, level nine. Yeah, yeah. but you're Bearjaw. But I'm the Bearjaw, yeah. so you know. He's got, he's got a big. This is how what, you, what does the first physical contest look like? It's, the very first one after they start like they're verbally fighting. Yeah, we're, you know, a little tit tat, and then you know it, it goes to the arm wrestling. So wait, so arm wrestling. Yeah. Okay, arm wrestling. Yeah. Go. There's arm a good table. We'll this assume. Big. This big. That's this big. Better it's oh, leg wrestling. They find a rock. Okay. Okay. What do you get? Ooh, he's uh, uh, he's at a twenty-one. Uh, what is it? Strength? It'd be athletics. Athletics. Uh, seven plus fourteen. Twenty-one. It's a twenty-one. Oh, oh the first dude. arm wrestling <laughs> is a standstill until it. Uh, uh, do you give up? He says. Do you give up? No, do, you give up? <laughs> do you give up? So now it's constitution? We're just gonna yeah. hold this? Now yeah. it's constitution. <laughs> Whoa! Okay. That'd be a 22 on his part. That's just 20 on me. Oh, wow. And then it's it's not like strength overpowering. It's just a slow, like, sweat pouring down. This, this is like four yeah. or five minutes. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like, <laughs> flexing. And finally it just slowly goes down. And I spent goes, a lot of time swinging uh, my hammer today. I think that must be why I have... And then Bogrush charges Bearjaw. Okay. <laughs> just, like, from That's sitting? That's my line. Yeah, no, like, they're both sitting, and then Bearjaw sees it coming, because okay. his, like, his feet just brace for just a split second beforehand. Bearjaw's seen this move before, and he just goes for a full shoulder check into her. All right. Over the rock. Over the rock. Over the rock. <laughs> Over the rock. Wrestling. Okay, here we go. No! Wow, we both really rolled poorly, but I rolled a one, so that's the lowest number. Uh, he is at 20, and you're at, like, yeah, you get a one. I think a one's auto fail, so. He catches, uh, not, not skill checks. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, Well, it's still gonna be probably not But, um, the... I respect the one fail. You know, the, that's how I feel. Yeah, so he leaps over the rock, no. catching Bearjaw. Uh, oh, like, she sees works. it coming, but it's just the wrong moment <laughs> as he goes, boom, and she rolls backwards, and uh, he moves in to try to fully body pin her with his legs. All right. Oh, my God. He's kicking my ass. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, it's a 16. Oh, no. so it's a 20 on his part. This is painful. I'm, I'm, I've got... And uh, uh, he holds her down, and he says, uh, "He says yield." 
No! Obviously not! And, uh, also, uh, I'm only at 46 like, hit points out of 80. I'm very tired. Unless, <laughs> unless, he, has, unless he has psychic tip, psychic attacks. Yeah, there's not, not going to be any concession. Yeah. And uh, uh, he just keeps object, holding her there. And he says, I could do this all day! So could I! Your legs aren't that strong! Oh, and they just stay in that position. Eventually, the party winds down, everyone kind of has to leave, and. Are you guys coming? Are you having a moment or what? And despite being in a pinned position, which is like mostly physically impossible to get out of, which is the whole point of a pin, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like he's, but he's like, his muscles are flexing the entire time. Yeah, his, his his like under, he's not wearing his armor, but it's like his... Clothing is Maybe covered in sweat. How long it goes on? I don't know. I mean, whatever. Or, or, well, or eventually, as ready. the party winds down, <laughs> he releases, and oh, and then I punch him in the face the second he releases. Oh, and it gets him. He doesn't. Yeah. He's he just goes boom, and he gets me. He says, "I haven't had that satisfying a match in years." <laughs> that was why I had an erection the last time. <laughs> yes, I'm aware. I'm aware of your third leg. I thought it was gonna be the ending of The Shining, where we come out in the morning and it just statues. It was too cold. He says, "You are a worthy warrior." You're okay. I have things to learn. Like, oh, you do that one move with the leg thing. And he says, uh, "That uh, is not just very large legs. You must be doing something." He says. It is the forced orc technique. Forced orc technique. Oh my god. And we're so speaking wrong. in orc. Because she speaks yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. He says, he I learned from the finest warriors of the, uh, of the, oh wait, he has a tribe name. Uh, 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 he says, of the clan Black Marrow, uh, clan Black Marrow battle, uh, battle wardens. He says, uh, he says, if that you ever want to- That is a very cool name! If you ever want to we learn- if you ever want to learn a thing or two, he says, head to the Thermdal. I actually can't see what Thermdal sounds good. Thermdal forests. And uh, he says, until the Bogrush sent you. Wow. He says, that'll at least you get in, at least let you get inside the walls without, uh, he says, with your head still on your shoulders. Okay, but I probably need a token to prove it. Uh, he, uh, He's got like he's got a whole he's bunch got, like, of extra oh, things. What the hell? Shrunken heads. <laughs> or like teeth. Is he collecting trophies like she does? Uh, yeah, this guy. Do we compare he... teeth after? This is my dragon tooth. This is uh, this is too special. I cannot show. He uh, uh I do not know you that well yet. Um he's got like chains and uh, a little bit like metal accents and stuff all around his uh, clothing. He's got, you know, he's got daggers and vials and stuff all around a, a bandolier of his, which he's not wearing currently, but he walks over to it, he pulls out his belt, and he just snaps off a two-ring chain of like metal that's got some uh, interesting carvings in it, and he hands it to Bear Jaw. And she, she trades a little, little tooth from a bear that oh. she killed. And uh, uh, and he takes it and he says, "Well met." He's from a bear. Got to my catch name, them all. similar. Helpful to you to remember me. And then he goes and just collapses on his bedroll. <sighs> Only once Bear Jaw is out of sight does she actually go. <gasps> she goes to sleep for twelve hours. 
<laughs> and dreams of men with very strong legs. <laughs> strong legs. <laughs> Impossibly strong. He could squat for days. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> of the dark. The, the, the blood-fueled... What was the tribe name? Black Marrow. Black Marrow. Battle, Battle, Battle Wardens. Damn! Like, what a contrast between Bogrash and Abek. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much the two ends of the spectrum. I, I think we understand why he was happy to get out of the orc team. Help me! <laughs> yes. Oh my god. You're totally right. <laughs> These were his lunch like yeah. That partnership would have lasted minutes, if that. Well, that guy's oh, like, like a three quarters orc. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, Albeck? he represents like an average orc, and that's mm-hmm. what Albeck uh, lived with. Yeah. <laughs> Those were his bunk He downplays oh his quarter. That's the <laughs> thing. He oh. spent most of the time being pinned to the floor. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. Was yes. pretty, pretty good, pretty good. So what's up with Grumbar and that lever? Pull yeah. the lever. Pull uh, the so, lever. I mean, are we... Well, I think it's about time we oh, pull three. that lever on the in lux. First thing in the morning, or... Right now, before bed. It's I noon. Know, it's noon. Oh, I thought you had the uh, day drinking, man. This is contract drinking. I, I am Kree, he says. I am Kree. It's the middle of the day. Oh, what? A hot month. Um, a dark vision turned on. How is everybody feeling in case this goes terribly long? Oh, let's we just find ourselves go for it, cousin. Okay. We've been sitting here for days. It's night time already. I am What do you have? I think he's ruined. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Baron's gonna take a little short rest here. Short rest. I will also take a short rest and spend a, some uh, healing points. Yeah. Unless someone was going to Short rests are useless to one such as I. You get some hit dice back. The hands of Ao uh, return to the un- temple. Uninjured. Uh, return to the uh, the crypt. Crypt temple. Temple crypt. Cremple. Cremple. Uh, oh, to the cremple with you. And uh, they they're they're studying yeah. it and such. Very Ted's in there with him. He goes to his brother and says, "I have some uh, flea balls, a delicacy in the underdark. If there's anyone you want to oh, share a lunch with, in the flea balls. It's a very romantic. It's a pile of balls have been rolled together and kind of got kind of like dough and roasted, but." Uh, any, uh, any dark elves from, uh, from deep in the underdark would uh, would appreciate them. If you had anyone you yes, wanted to no give die them to, real quick. <laughs> you get to announce it. Perfect. Baron hasn't heard of that one. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the ones that Fenella didn't bring home. It was like it didn't pass muster with her dwarven taste. Well, <laughs> any any of the corking foods. My right. Keep 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 it going. Sleep. Are you trying to suggest that I should talk to... What was her name again? The the lady. Oh, this is after, right? They've already gone back. They've in. already gone into, okay. into the crypt, but... Uh, What's her name? Nothing. As a... Romantic um, Scrim, Scrim uh, uh, does the... Like, puts one in his in his brother's hand and... And just... And chuckles as he walks away. Next time. Avoiding... Avoiding... Uh, uh, enjoying uh, creative chaos for his younger brother. Well, then he looks at it. Can I, he smells it. What does it smell like? Um, Dirt. It's it's earthy and spicy. Huh. Wow. It's got some. It's got 
Does it actually have fleas on it? Yeah, it looks like a bunch of tiny, tiny fleas that have been rolled together. Like, like sesame imagine, imagine sesame balls. Made of I'm thinking like a rice krispie treat, but it's like fleas instead of rice krispies. <laughs> it's crunchy. Exactly. Yeah, sesame balls. Yeah. And it's got that. You know something? It's got that texture. Yeah. It's crispy on the outside, and gooey on the inside. Yeah. Do I eat this? <laughs> no, you do? feed it to each other. I feed it. Oh, Start it either. Um. In fact, it's very poor taste. Well, then, uh, yeah, he, uh, as his brother walks away, he. He does, uh, it's like, okay. He has, he's like, okay, I have a, he has like a, an opening to talk to someone. Right. Because he is curious about this, uh, this drow woman, because he's only met, he's, I think his mother, and uh, I think he's probably seen some other drow women from afar, but, uh. You're so he, uh, he, uh, walks over to the temple. So he, he walks over to the crypt. To the crypt, yeah. Okay. And he's, uh. Walks inside. He looks uh, for what's her name again? They're all inside. Uh, Valden. He walks up to her. Well, no, you don't see her. So you, oh. where are you going exactly? He uh, he's walking through or the main entrance. So he walks through the main entrance and then immediately hears a voice from his left and says, "I thought you might come for me." <laughs> and she steps out from behind the door. <laughs> well, Vin is kind of like he's 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 shocked. Well, let's see where the evening takes us, and maybe I will. He's, He's got goosebumps right now. <laughs> his body and he's tense. He is a deer cotton headlight. He's, <laughs> he's in a full body clench right now. <laughs> she she is a man eater. His whole body stands still, but he kind of like he turns over his uh, his regular hand and opens it. That's the only thing that moves. The crush. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like there's dead like finger shaped death like, where he dug his nails into it. He's like, uh here? Uh, do you, uh, like these? <laughs> My brother said the, um, oh, man. some kind of delicacy, like bug ball, fle- like flea, bug, flea, bo- what? flea balls? Have you had a flea ball? Is this, are they, uh, is this good? She, <laughs> she is leans <laughs> over and takes a bite from his hand. <laughs> and she says, not bad. Now, sorry, I've got business to attend to. And she uh, she teleports away a distance, and he sees her, and she uh, she waves at him. Then she teleports into a side room. <laughs> That's a hot little thing right there. That never throwing this away. Watch out, man! Yeah. Never Snoot appears out of nowhere. <laughs> next to him. Woof woof. She starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Eats the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. What 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 happens? What becomes of the rest of the ball? Uh. Do you take a bite? Yeah. Oil vein oh like. It's like a kiss. He's just like. <laughs> I don't even know how much flea flea ball was there, but he uh, he takes a bite. Well, out you of described it, it as a, as a, like a tennis ball sized. With it was big enough to have finger grooves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's his fingers dug into it. Five sixths of an onion hole. <laughs> He bites into it, not necessarily exactly where she bit, but kind of like near there. Because he is like, <laughs> it's in his head, it's like, he just like, is it like a weird kiss thing, you know? So, <laughs> he, does, but he, but he does, does like, he tries her. to be a little bit brave and bites partially where she bit. <laughs> so, what does it taste so, like? It's so spicy. It's, it's spicy. Earth, earthy it's and spicy. Earthy and spicy. Yeah, earth, yeah. But earth, earth forward. <laughs> earthy forward. The earth notes yeah. are definitely the top of the yeah. I mean, it, like, uh, it has the blood of underdark creatures because it's fleas that we're feasting on. 
Oh, Underdark creatures. like roasts and stuff. Oh, yeah. Roast mm-hmm. fleas. Kind of like, so like, a, like a seed ball of cayenne. Yeah. Well, heat. Well, heat. <laughs> Good yeah, time. Yeah, but the crunch is from the carapace uh, of an insect. Well, well so done there, Oil. Oh, yeah. Way to get up on that horse. He has to sit down for a little bit before he can walk back to Start to stand there for a bit. Amazing. It's uh, yeah, that, that's a thing too. Flea <laughs> balls. Later, you find your wallet's missing. Another another body part. Another body part. But we won't tell why. Alrighty. Rustin, oh, he's here. back, ready. He's saying to everyone, oh, yeah, that's. I forgot that I'd made bear jaw in the. Cool. Oh, look at my cool skull! Oh, nice. Uh, I like that. He's ready to flip the switch or something. Yeah, he's back on the ship. saying, come on, companions! Oil vein's the only one not on board. Yeah, <laughs> come on, oil vein! Uh, get your kiss and come back on board. He's uh, oil vein runs out of the temple. Uh, well, he doesn't run. He. That's cool. He quickly hobbles back to his ship. And uh, Scrim has definitely told the rest of the crew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm coming, I'm coming. So yeah, he makes his way over to the back to the the snowbane's gift. Alright. Aboard Snowbane's Gift. Okay. Jubilee. Gumbar says. Hang on to something or something. Gumbar shrugs his Turtle's shoulders and his whole shell rises up towards his uh, towards the back of his skull. And he says, "I don't know." Mop grabs something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold on. We we have nearly an idea of what I'll do. Hold on to your butts. Yeah. Uh, so do I count down or something, or just who wants to pull the lever? Jerson wants to pull the lever. <laughs> he looks to he looks to Jerson when he asks. Us. Oh, is it is it my hour to be the captain? He says, "If you want, <laughs> Captain Green." And he comes forward and he says, "We may wind up in a volcano. It has been an honor." And he throws the lever. We'll continue next week. And the kids. Season 5. <laughs> <laughs> we have to re-roll Kate. No, we played the Halo Halo. Yeah, yeah, that's why Greg introduced them. Once they throw that lever. I mean, level 9 is pretty good. sweet. I mean, all of us are just going to fight over being that dark. No, it's not right. No one will want to be dead. <laughs> no one wants to be dead. Everyone wants to be the dark. I'll have to play. Huh. As soon... As you throw the lever, the entire ship starts to shake, uh, and uh, you hear from the from the bottom, from the engine room, you hear Essen shout, "It's reacting to something!" And uh, you see a bunch of uh, runes fly up from the from the lux from the control panel and start floating in the air and swarming around. And Grumbar says, Oh, this looks complicated. And there's uh, uh, a whole bunch of runes that are just like flying around in a big sphere. And uh, just flying around and nothing else is happening. 
And Grimbar says, I think we're supposed to do something. As he uh, puts his hand into the runes, and the runes start moving around and reacting to his hand. Uh, Scream looks concerned. Are the runes legible? Do they, do, the, do they represent sounds or words? Well, take a look at it. Yeah. Do you look uh, at the Baron, runes? I Who's look gathering around? Tristan. Do you read the book? <laughs> the first room oh, is blank. They are immediately <laughs> obvious to Drusten as Drusten oh. takes a look at them. They are runes that are common amongst uh, many of the cartographers' guilds uh, uh, throughout Faerun. Drusten recognizes them as a um, uh, as the coordinate system that is used uh, that a lot of cartographers have uh, begun using as a somewhat standard system. There's still a lot of scattered things. If you remember when you found Kunjakar. It was yeah, a, right. a, an unusual uh, coordination thing that Drusen had to piece yeah. together. This is a much oh, more yeah. it's, it's, uh, common one. Very common on the Sword Coast. Sword Coast. Uh, does he see coordinates that would match the location of Skyclay? Oh, there's no, like, final coordinates. It's uh, all component elements. Does he know... Does he know the coordinates of Skyclay? Sky uh, certainly not off the top of his head. Ah, uh, I thought he'd looked it up. Uh... He tries to remember the coordinates of Skyclay. Tries to remember, or opens his books and uh, yeah, you, 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 checks you, his notes. Yes. I mean, he did literally research this while. I hope the idea that he goes, I don't know it immediately. Well, huh, in, I guess it's impossible. Uh, he went to the map house. That's right. That's right. He did. He did. He yeah. learned all about Skyclay. <laughs> yeah. So he goes. Is anyone down runs, the engine room? He uh, runs no, over no, one of his stacks no. of books. So basically, Mock is on the second floor. Yeah, which is like he's because he, he he went to his floor. We're all on the there's, second floor. There's the main room. Yeah, and then there's the engine room. Yes, yeah, so he's in the engine room. Yes. Yeah, the engine. So you're in the engine room. Yeah. Second floor, meaning the bottom, the, 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 the basement. bottom floor. Basement, basement, basement one. Basement. Yep, that's where his there's shop. one F and one B. Well, he's in one B most of the time, where his workshop is. That's what I figured. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is Essen usually in there? Essen is basically always there. Okay. He did come out for the revelry. Yeah. Good. Good. Got, got a soda to uh, He spent a lot of time talking to uh, Edith. We didn't cover what Oh, Aurora's yeah. been here. Oh, we got remember to bring her in. We usually don't forget. But slackers, because I would like to get some story telling her what she did. Yeah. Drusen has pulled uh, his book where he took notes yeah. on where Skyclave is. Uh-huh. And can he look Yeah, up? he can immediately see. Okay. He, this is a familiar coordinate system to him. He, yeah, he shows the symbols to Groombar, and he says, Oh, these are the symbols we want for Skyclave. And he says, Okay, and he, like, looks around, and he says, uh, And uh, he says, I don't know what we do. And he just, like, reaches in and tries to grab at the symbols, and he, like... Physically, one he says, oh, "I'm holding one." Oh, as the other yeah. symbols react oh, strongly, and move around. Can you match it up with this one? And he points to another one. And he looks, and uh, Drusen and Grumbar are doing this. A lot of symbols are swarming around very rapidly. It takes a while, and uh, uh, he gets another one, and he puts them together, and they snap together mm-hmm. like magnets in the air. And that's when, like. A jolt. Everyone in the uh, place can feel it as uh, as the ground shudders beneath them. And Essence says, "It's fighting back!" And uh, Mox down there can see yeah. it. Yeah. The uh, the tempest like... is all within the wicker ball right now because you guys are on the ground, right? The balloons yeah. are not even inflated okay, uh, yeah. at the moment. And uh, so it's just like bucking, yeah. And uh, uh, the the tempest is swarming in there and like slamming against the edges of the uh, uh, the edges of the wicker ball. 
How much more does it seem needed before we put in the coordinates? How many? There are seven symbols. Uh, okay, so Jason's going to use his mage hand to try and help ah, reach in, okay, start okay. manipulating the symbols and kind of trying to gather them closer to Groombar so he can reach them quicker. And he said, you'll need this one next and then this one. And, uh... Yeah, as the mage hand like tries to grab them, Drewston can feel the energy wrenched against the mage hand. That yeah. concentration that he puts into it, as just grabbing that third symbol, it like it. He's trying to pull with all of his might and it, with all of his arcane might, yeah. and uh, it barely wants to move. And when it moves over to the other symbols, they slam away, mm-hmm. and uh, it takes oh. a lot of. It's fussing. like putting magnets together that have the same polarity. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And minutes pass. Tens of minutes pass. Wait 30, a minute. 40 minutes pass. Cousin, maybe it can't get there in one go. Maybe we have to pick somewhere shorter. All right. Uh, uh, has he gained any kind of arcane understanding of how this is working while observing it and moving? Yeah, so as uh, as he's looking at this, it looks like it's tr- uh, uh, the energy in this place is just all over the place. And when he snapped two of them together, there was a feeling of more alignment as things are uh, 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 as as, it, as it's coming, and it feels like it's getting closer to the thing. And but it's just it's harder to get that third one in place. Does it seem to line up with Baron's theory of distance, or will he have to do more tests? Uh, would what line up with it? The idea of it being why is it a fighting far us? distance could be why it's fighting. And, uh, uh, hard to say without experimentation. You've been going at this yeah. for about oh, 20 minutes, but you feel like it can happen. You feel like it's a precision thing. Yeah. That's what you're getting. I, the, I'll the, think the I can of. do it. I'll think it's just going to take a little time and focus. Shroom comes over to help. Let me know what you need. And is gonna, um, Do you need me like to force it? <laughs> um, it's going to keep working at it. After another ten minutes or so, the third symbol snaps in with the uh, with the other two, and another shudder moves throughout the uh, moves throughout the thing. It doesn't like shake things off walls or anything like that. Uh, it it's, it's it's a it's a shuddering of of, it's like, of like here. that shakes everyone. Yeah. It's like an earthquake that shakes your awareness, but not so much the pressure wave. Yeah, like a pressure wave that doesn't seem to move any. Like it's not that you have like vials sitting on shelves or or um, or Fabergé eggs yet. My um, but I mean, I was gonna say Mox tools like yeah. here crash from below and like Mox is like. Oh, beardless axe breaking stalactite! What are you doing up there, Dustin? But it's not that yet. No, it's, not a, that. it's a different sort no. of pulse. That's what he would have said. Shaking in you. He's getting ready. Uh, we got four and large okay. symbols. Uh, and I mean, he's just gonna keep working at it. It feels progress being made every moment of, uh, uh, of the way as he feels the symbols resisting. Yeah, it's less about a. You can't get them together. It's more about the precision yeah. of it. And uh, Scrimcorn, how are you helping? Um, Scrim is coming over, um, and uh, and and he sees that Dressen is focusing on this, and uh, he says, "Here, hold this." And uh, it is uh, it's a cockroach. Hold this. Um, and, it's a slug. Uh, yeah, and basically that's. I mean, you guys, this is a lot. He hands he hands the cockroach to people. Saying, hold my lucky cricket! Um, and, uh, yeah, to, to add just magical benefit to this effort. As, uh, Drewston is continuing, another 20, 30 minutes pass. Is Mock, like, watching the thing? Like, what is Mock doing downstairs? Uh, <laughs> he's looking at the blood dumb sword. 
Oh, okay. He's concentrating on that. That is fine. What He's is basically Baron... goleming all of his beautiful, precious things that he fought so hard to claim. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it was a big negotiating victory for Mock. And... Uh, yeah, he thinks, he feels it worked out pretty well. He was, like, pretty happy with how everyone played their roles, given how fucking poor the whole hotel thing worked out. There, we, we can just, we don't have to RP them, but, like, just assume that there were, like, a couple, like, mellower post-game conversations, like, how things might go next time. You know, a little bit of overture towards unity and not retribution, and Let's so... Let's do some role-playing. Yeah, this is like... Like, that worked out so well, they got some fat loot, and uh, Maka's... Yeah, he's he's down... He's down in the lab. Baron, where are you, and what are you doing? Uh, he's upstairs, just watching, and... Throwing out random comments like maybe it's too far. <laughs> Backseat driver. Old man Baron. Why don't you get to the left a few feet? So well, yeah, there's like a ten minute like jump before six ends, like trying hard enough. Maybe, maybe fills up another ale while he watches. What about Bear Jaw? Bear Jaws, like, m- moving, like, going through the, the, like, fight before with Grummish Guy. So exhausted. She's just like, maybe if I had done this more and then I've got, like, an arm hold, it would have. Does Bear Jaw ever pull punches? Never. 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 Yeah. Never. Unless, unless it was like the punch might kill a person that she didn't want to kill. Like then she's she fighting would, a baby. But like it, a fighting a baby, like Aurora. She wouldn't have killed Aurora. No, no, she wasn't. Right. Like, like playing with a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> so she's teaching. That makes sense. Yeah. Right, if she's teaching. Or, or testing someone that doesn't want well, like, to actually murder Within the context them. of, like, here's what we're trying to do, she will do everything she can to accomplish that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so she's no, just going through that. that. She's not concentrating on this uh, procedure. That is That makes zero sense to her on the best of days. Oil so, vein. Yeah. This is, like, uh, weird. Oil vein, in, in an anticipation of uh, traveling really far away again, he's uh, absorbed snoot, so he's flush with shadow blood. Uh, and uh, power state. But he, uh, he just kind of like, he's looking, like every time like he feels the weird pressure changes, like he yeah. kind of goes down below just to check to see what's going on. Uh, but then, yeah, so but when then, uh, Oil Vein goes down below in this latest time after the third uh, symbol is locked in place, he, um, uh, he sees what Essen is looking at and Essen is saying, this is amazing. And uh, Oil Vein can see that the wicker ball that is holding it has uh, uh, has started to shimmer itself, and its uh, physical form is uh, become somewhat translucent. It's changing. The ball's changing. He says, "It is. It seems to still be holding." Uh, uh, he says, "He says, I think it's going to continue, but uh, says there's no telling. You might want to get ready. Is it safe? Is it? Are we? Are we going to be all right?" He looks and says. Your guess is as good as mine at this point. Oh. Oil Vane's still been holding the half-eaten flea ball and he squeezes it. <laughs> he, he hasn't thrown it away yet. He doesn't know what to do with it. But, like, he's subconscious. I think he knows. Hold <laughs> tight. Baron, Baron overhears and looks at him and says, Essen, is this... Do we need to abort? Is this a bad idea? Is this going to work? He says, the containment field is holding. That's what I call the wicker ball now. All right. I gave it that name while you were in the crypt. Well... Thought it sounded better. <laughs> Give us a shout out if you think it's not gonna work. Okay! <laughs> or we're all gonna die, because I don't wanna do this at the risk of us all dying. We're all gonna die, Baron! It's just a matter of when! Right, so not today. <laughs> it says, don't expect so! <laughs> 
can really say when any of us will die. I'm pretty sure not today. I hope so. Jerson continues to connect pieces of the right. his guess was as good. It's as another. Uh, uh, it's another forty minutes to get the uh, to get the fourth. It's another forty minutes to get the fourth. Uh, uh, the fourth symbol to snap as another sort of pulse comes out, and that's when uh, uh, you hear over the growing sort of turmoil inside it, hearing, "Hey, what's going on up there?" Oh, no. Is this Edith? It's been long enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some concentrating. Well, Aaron sticks his head out the window and says, We're trying to use some magical contraption. If it works, we should travel somewhere else? Just, your balloons are going kind of funny. They are? And uh, Baron looks out <laughs> and sees that the balloons, like, that some of the rings are, like, starting to rise up, but the rings themselves, like, look, like, translucent and are sort of, like, warbling, like, in and out of physicality. They're not fully, like, up. They're just, like, lifting just a couple feet off the ground. Huh. Baron says, I'd keep you at a distance. I don't really know what this is going to do. First time trying this. Says, that would have given good information before. Well, didn't know that it was going to do this. (laughs) Says, do you know anything it is going to do? Hopefully take us somewhere. (laughs) Says, uh, we'll keep our distance. He nods. <laughs> and uh, she jogs on over to the crypt where the others have come out and she says, We're keeping our distance! <laughs> and now all four of them are just standing at the entrance of the crypt watching your balloon. All keeping their distance. <laughs> the cricket! Squeeze the cricket! The fourth symbol. Oh, wait, I already said the fourth symbol. Yeah, we have four. Took 40 minutes. I mean, if it. This seems like it's gonna take hours. He's gonna keep working at it. If it seems like it's gonna be any kind of danger. Is there gonna be an exhaustion check? For any of the guys participating uh, magically? Not at this point. Um, but, uh... Are any of the other magical items... We have a lot of powerful magical items on board. Are they at all reacting to the uh, energy that's kind of flowing and gathering? No. Okay. Can Two scrim, questions. Can, yeah. can Scrim detect his his flavor of the um, the ley lines? Um, the, 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 the natural energies? We've talked a little bit about kind of how... Yes. We're sensitive to. Yes. Scrim can feel uh, the connection as as Drewston snaps each of these uh, symbols into place. Scrim can sense that these ley lines that uh, that sort of like that carry the magic that uh, uh, that Scrimcorn uses. Like I imagine that's what Scrimcorn feels like. The witches themselves is what grants him their power, and it sort of travels along this network, right? Of very net for him, it's very yeah, natural. Yeah. It's very yeah. nature. The big and, um, natural phenomena kind of stuff, and canyons and waterfalls and stuff like that will have. Yeah, and it's it's all that. traveling here to the base of this mountain, and he's seeing, he he feels that like yeah that energy, the the connection to nature here is like aligning uh, more and more. The energy coming from the tempest and from all here, it's like becoming a little bit more visible to him. And Scrim points this out to Dress because we're, we're he's focusing on this for a life. This is taking a while of energy. And oh yeah. And Scrim says it's taken over an hour so far. Can you can you feel it, Justin? The- yeah. When Justin just takes a moment to like look up from the symbols, although he probably dares to only do it for a moment, Justin can see this flowing energy like like floating up from the uh, the balloons out the windows. He can see the, the the balloon rings like rising up, and he can see their connection to some sort of lines moving up the mountain and down this way and down that way. 
And Itchy Scrimmy also says, uh, ask Essen. He says, Essen! The, the natural energies of the. The ley lines of the natural energies are, are shifting. Do you. Do you see that in the. In the weave or whatever you. The weave, yeah. He says, see? I can sense it! He says, but I'm concentrating on the containment field! Scrim's concerned. <laughs> Oh, is everyone okay? I think we're fine. Everyone feels fine inside this place. Yeah, I mean, like, after Keep an, going. Yeah. After an hour, Mock will kind of come up to Rare and be like, why haven't we left? <laughs> Are you doing it right, cousin? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best. Uh, and he after just another pouring down, he just keeps working. After Mox another, says, you need a break. Box says, sing a dwarven chant. It will help to concentrate. He does uh, a a high pitched dwarven song that you recognize as one that dwarven youths in a choir would sing. <laughs> an, uh, the equivalent of, a, of an altar boy. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Oh, the And as he's singing this, the fifth symbol snaps into place. was <laughs> like, uh, what? What are? Give me that cricket. <laughs> his voice. Here, have this bug. What are you singing for? Not quite the angelic voice that his mother once loved. Oh well, every, every young boy goes through puberty eventually. He didn't learn any new dwarven songs after his exile. That's true. He didn't learn the like dwarven working songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dwarven children's songs. Aww. So, uh, fifth symbol snaps in after that that next half an hour. And, uh, I mean, it is getting harder and harder, but Jerson's also, like, he's getting the hang of yeah. the feel of this, that sort of magnetic push and pull. I'm it. I really am the captain. A sixth symbol uh, uh, snaps in again as uh, he sees these sort of coordinates appear before him as the, uh, the they're swirling all around. And Grimbar says, that's six. There are seven. Yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> I'll see the last no. one. And uh, uh, Justin grabs it, and it's another 45 minutes of, like, Jeez. very careful We've been doing a lot of drinking before this, so, like, at some point, Baron finds a chamber pot. Yeah, like, just... <laughs> <laughs> he just says, like, is that part of it? It's just like this <laughs> I see something. Yeah, you're, you're seeing me benching some sort of... Some sort of cooler. Don't, don't piss off the edge. Edge. We don't want your packer to be left behind! Yeah, exactly. No, he brought a chamber pot. He brought a pot. <laughs> and he dumps the pot. And, uh... Just a chunk of beer. The tip of a dwarven wang. Just those two things. Anyway, the... The most eastern pieces finally were left that day. The seventh symbol, uh, uh, he, he pulls forward and uh, is able to get it to just snap as uh, uh, the symbol glows with a bright light uh, uh, and oh yeah, who's downstairs? You're you're. Have you been down the whole time and with the containment um, field? I think he's probably gone up and gone down. Like yeah, so he'll he's. Checking. As each symbol is snapped in, the rings have risen up more and more, rising the balloon. It just looks different than before as the 
wicker ball has become completely transparent, entirely disappeared as just the tempest is swarming around seemingly in mid-air and the balloons themselves as well as the lightning uh, is shooting out along the uh, what were they, the will-o'-wisp uh, essence yeah, strings, which the, the strings themselves also become transparent. The only thing that is there where the, uh, where the balloon rings once were and the containment field itself is now just the tempest as if it's flowing free throughout all of this. Uh, and uh, Essence shouts up, It seems to be holding! Are we feeling like electricity on our skin? Like a thing is kind of like... Yeah, you can feel like now like a little bit of like tingle. If you run like your finger against yeah. your skin, there's like this that that resistance uh, uh, of uh, of the the electricity, the lightning, just sort of like coming in throughout all of this. Mock is looking at his weapons like and metal. when he if he touches a weapon to the forge, it like arcs a little electricity oh. between it. Oh, Mock's like oh, the power. Mm. Side burns just should, straight out. Yeah, I should make something. <laughs> like uh, oil vein's arm, like you can kind of see weird oh, the yeah. magnetic lines that kind of just oh, like yeah. things. It's kind of rippling in a weird way. Ooh, oil vein's arm, like ferromagnetic. As the electricity picks up, as he moves through, it. what what do the storm opals and the uh, storm boxes uh, look like? Oh, as this is happening, is there perhaps any activation in the presence of this amazing energy? monster territory? Uh. Yes, the storm opals have become completely transparent with it as their storm inside them is roiling. Mock immediately Juliscope and has spent the rest of his time looking at the uh, opals and the onyxes. And Unga is very agitated, just flying across the room, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The moment the seventh symbol pops into place, you hear uh, uh, a loud slam as this time the whole airship shudders. And uh, um, no one's no one can see from the outside. Um, Baron was at the window taking a piss. <laughs> no, 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 he was pissing in a chamber pot. Pissing in a chamber pot. Keep pushing the buddy. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Are you I sure know. you don't want to be standing right at the edge? <laughs> Wasn't Baron pissing off the edge? Just leave <laughs> that. Where's that yes no time? I think Oilman is just pooping out the window. We can get with the viewers. Layer of an ass, you know. That's Weeble. From outside the hands of ass? Um. A, uh. No, what it is, okay, what it is is there's a there's a pillar in the middle of the uh, airship. It's always been there. Yeah, it's just a column. black like support column. It has disappeared into the ground. She's like Whoa. shot down, like fell downwards. Broken wood or just kind of um, like No, like translated. like a smooth rod just Whoa. like slammed downwards. And you realize that like it wasn't attached to the ceiling. Oh. And uh, as it slams all the way down, it's always seemed a bit of an odd support structure sure. to to any of you to know construction, but you know, there's a lot of things odd about this sure. balloon and like, its magical Is, is it structural? Kind of weirdly, but like not really maybe? But it has slammed down and you can look through the small hole. This whole thing is it, it's, it's only about uh, uh, six inches in diameter, oh. right? And it has slammed down. You can see the top of it like is now at the bottom of the balloon and presumably if the thing still has its shape, it is slammed down into the earth below. And um, uh Looking out the windows, you can see the sunlight has immediately dimmed as storm clouds have just formed overhead, and uh, uh, rain starts pouring down, and lightning is roiling around in the storm clouds above. You can call uh, lightning. The hands of Ao have now uh, drawn all their weapons <laughs> and are still standing at the uh, and are still standing at the doorway. 
and uh, wind is kicking around, ice, uh, hail is falling along with uh, rain, and uh, as the rain falls and the lightning, and lightning starts shooting down, it all just funnels into the balloons. Well, what were once the balloons, like into the roiling tempest as this is just being pulled down from the sky into it. And uh, the you can see the trees shaking outside as, uh, as you get the sense that if there were anything... Is it like this, everything getting sucked into the Jumanji game at the end? Yeah, yeah. But all stormy kind of. Yeah. Like everything's getting sucked into like a... Uh, but it all gets Jumanji. pulled into the, into the balloon area, and you can see these like huge pulses moving through the strings into the bottom of the ship. And uh, as it says, it's being shunted into the earth! Ooh. Do we abandon ship? Well, I mean, you're downstairs, right? Yeah, I'm right next to him. Yeah, so you can see, like, coming in the strings that come in through the edge of the ship and go into the wicker ball. Uh, it's like going into the ball and then uh, shooting right. down through the rod into the earth just okay. constantly, like, slamming down and down and down Locks and down. Says, that would have helped us during the Tempest fight. I like to look at some sort of rod for lightning. <laughs> and uh, the ground is, is uh, the whole ship is rumbling violently. And uh, you can start hearing uh, the scream of the tempest that you heard when fighting it is uh, uh, starting to get louder and louder from this containment area. Locke's like looking at like this, this containment, like hearing these harrowing sounds from probably one of their most challenging Oh, the most, probably the, literally the, the most crazy time in his life, for sure, fighting that <laughs> elemental. That's just yeah, extra planar, just completely off the radar for compared to anything else. And as he sees kind of like this environment descending and the PTSD welling up, he's like looking back and forth between Essen and this, and he's like, do we, ab- do we abandon ship? Uh, Essen looks to Mock and uh, he shrugs and he says, It seems to be staying within the containment. And he says, Drustin, what do you feel? Uh, Do I feel anything? I mean, anything by making sense of it at all? uh, What you're feeling, I mean, what you're feeling is like all of this massive amounts of energy pouring into this. I mean, this is more than Drustin has ever like felt. You're all feeling this. Those of you. It's noisy. And it's very noisy. You get the feeling that this violence that's being like shunted into the earth would wake the dead, where the dead not all de- already dead. Oh, oh, oh. And uh, there's uh, and it's just like shaking the earth, and it's continuing for 10, 20 minutes. Oh my god! Enough time. Like, wouldn't have been able to leave. Yeah, I mean, this is beyond kind of like stealing yourself for a blow. This is just like with with the noise. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This is more just kind of like honestly trying to trying to hold on to your wits, right? Like, I mean, if you, if you like kind of got thrown down a hole and you were in free fall for twenty minutes, like at what point would your senses become overloaded? Yeah. And you're just trying to kind of hang on to that kind of sanity. I think we just need to trust Balanos. Hold on. And uh, looking out the window, you see uh, what you hadn't noticed a moment before in all of the chaos: the hands of Aeor fighting. Uh, it seems a swarm of giant spiders has poured out from a nearby forest, moving towards your balloon as they are uh, they are blasting them uh, and hitting them. Scram in all the chaos. He's he's like just holding on to like some like rigging kind of like on the inside. He's just grabbing onto something. Oh, oh, oh like a nice handrail. Like yeah, just polished. Dude, he's just holding on to something. Yeah, the very ornate thing. And uh, and 
if, if Baron is, is are you, yeah, you're, yeah. No, Baron, it's on the second deck. Yeah, yeah, okay. The windows. Um, um, he and, sees all this and he's like, oh, that's not good. How far away are they? Uh, they're uh, a couple hundred feet away. Not too far for me to do anything about. Because um, uh, they, you know, they're 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 a bit, they moved in to to um intercept. to in- intercept the uh, spiders that are coming out of the forest mm. there. Scrim uh, just calls upstairs and says, "Ben, one of us should probably have asked our gods if this was a good idea." Retrospect, that does seem wise. Uh, so I task for this or anything, but. Can I make, like, an arcana check to see if Drusen understands what's going on here at all? Sure. Okay. Me, it's my inspiration. Nice. Smart. Uh, you have a little cricket with you. Oh, yeah. Oh, That's well. a skill check, all right. Yeah. Not bad, too. Not bad. Oh, oh, so that's going to be 19, oh. 20, 21, plus 3, 24. Drusen has... The investigated a lot of anyone's ever ruins and read a lot of books. Mm-hmm. And what Drusen has uh, only had academic knowledge of is the um, is the the separation between the planes of reality, the different planes of existence, the mortal plane which exists in the middle of it all, and the uh, the elemental planes that exist all around that, and eventually to the godly domains and the outer uh, past the I can't remember all the names of this stuff. Uh, it's a, a big diagram. There's an excellent diagram in the player's yeah. handbook that I'm calling our cosmology. Um, and uh, that's what Drewston gets the overwhelming feeling of, is that he feels the elemental planes uh, uh, of energy uh, being opened up and pouring into your balloon here. And he's seeing it. He's seeing, uh, uh, you know, he's seeing the wind and the ice and... Uh, uh, things pouring down from the air and it being shunted into the earth. He can feel the distinct power of the elements at play here. It's actually something that Drewston doesn't draw upon very much in his own magics, right? He doesn't use a lot of uh, evocation of fire and uh, and ice as not not a lot. Certainly not as much as Baron, right? Yeah. And uh, but he's familiar with it and that is the sense that he's getting is that there's the energy basically he's like Opening up from other planes and pouring into the and uh, what what seems what direction is this heading in? I guess is what he's trying to figure out. More and more energy is being fed into the tempest. To what end? I guess is what he's trying to figure out here. Uh, that is remains to be seen. He can tell the nature of the energies here. Can he tell but how long the, this is going to take? Uh, uh, he gets the feeling that uh, the ship couldn't take much more of this. Okay. Uh, and so if it's going to do something on its own, uh, it's got to do it soon or... Uh, I think it's reaching its limit. Hold on. Mach wants to make a few cuts. He wants to... I want to roll the dice on working one of the onyxes in this current state. Go for it. <laughs> uh, do I get an advantage or any sort of benefit to working them in this what very unique state? What is Mach trying to do? Mach is trying to put... Uh, so, he, he is trying to put like a... Uh, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say mundane. I, I want to say a... Uh, a kind of a, a standard... He, he, he wants to put a standard cut into one of these unique gems that he had not previously been able to work. Like, I was in the, I was kind of thinking, and we haven't fully established it, that he just, he couldn't in any meaningful way work the gems. Yeah. Like, he could not, like, his tools would not carve them. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe he, like, would try to, like, put some energy in it, or some effort, and it just, it would, 
it would strain in a way where he knew it was going to shatter, so he just wouldn't proceed. So he, in this state, they, they're changing in these in these strange ways. So he's like, I'm going to try to kind of repeat some of these cuts, and he finds that he's able to make some successful progress in creating something. Yeah. Roll a uh, what check do we use for your gem? So we just use proficiency bonus. Yeah. Um, which is basically his plus three because he's trained in gem crafting. And it's yes. on on what skill? On what skill? Stat. It's a What's stat. That? Yes, but on which one? Um, so we haven't actually given him a skill, a, 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 a bonus for his stats in the past. We've only done a d20 plus his proficiency bonus. Oh, it, all, all, all rolls are one of the six stats. Oh, perfect. So we haven't... I haven't plus your proficiency bonus. So, yeah, wisdom, plus. dex. So, wisdom, dex. Those uh, are the two that make uh, the most wi- sense. Wisdom is what I was thinking. Sure. Um, because this... I feel like gem crafting is more about technique than it is about being good with your hands. Sure. If you were to put one above the other. Uh, this is, this is your fault. I'll go either. I'm not. I'm not. I'm leaning for story here. So. Let's go. Let's go. Wisdom. Let's do it. Okay. I like that. Do I get an advantage or anything? Or uh, no a... advantage here. Okay. Uh, if anything, I mean, like, it's super chaotic and distracting. But absolutely. But, but just go. Give us the roll and let's yeah. see what you got. I got. A, I got a 16. So total, it would be a 20 with his plus three and plus one Mock for wisdom. finds that in this state, like his tools cut uh, and what? shape this gem like it is. Name a soft gem. Ooh, it's like, as easy as working. Sure, I like um, talc. A no, not talc. <laughs> let's say like let's say a garnet. I think that's a softer yeah. gem. Uh, it's like, I mean, it's even easier than working a garnet. Uh, uh, he goes and he cuts it, and it just reacts to his tools. Like this is like when he's in his element, and he is a diamond's uh, hardness is ten mo's. A garnet is six point five to seven point five mo's. Still pretty strong. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Uh, t- yeah, Talc. So let's go. Ooh, let's go. Uh, gypsum is for sure a soft. Like gypsum. So it's like it's like working gypsum. Yeah. And uh, but it's not just like working gypsum. He does it, and he's in. He's he's feeling uh, like when he's in the zone. When he's like sure. like churning out a lot of these. When he's been like working all day, and he's not distracted. Well, he got a good night. Them, like and he, he got a good night's yeah, sleep, sure. and he's got maybe he can hear. Uh, he can hear some like fellow employees and the good days of his business. It's his shop like, where he's, he probably feels like he's back at all the uh, yeah. at, at, at Hawks or Gear. And it just it just, just slices, and he's just like he can feel the the, the grain of that of those the the, the, the crystals involved, right? The natural, uh, well, what we in the modern world know is like the molecules like yeah. involved here, right? It's just like it all just like works, and is as he begins to do this, not a lot of time. No, yet, no, no, so he's not. just does like one nice cut and it's like perfect and he awesome. goes to observe it oh wait we don't have Justin. Kevin come back Justin's yeah. in the back your fingernails are harder than that rock now Justin's yeah. like, being cut this with your fingernail <laughs> G- G- gypsum is what like sheetrock is called gypsum board it's yeah. gypsum like yeah. literally it's like, the, like and you just use like a whatever a uh, box, yeah, cutter. box cutter for those so like yeah that's yeah, like wow. super soft yeah alright yeah so. <clears throat> so after about 30 minutes when uh, Justin feels like it can't Take much more. Can that take a much mood? Uh, which one I was gonna do this? It could take a little more. Give me a little more. Slightly more. Yeah, Nope, not that. Don't want lyrics. Sorry. I don't know most of these songs. I don't do lyrics. I wasn't supposed to that. That's good. This is good. No, it's not good. It needs to be. Uh, uh, sorry, I haven't. I haven't prepared all of these songs. It'll be a big moment when Greg doubles down on a lyrics piece of music. Yeah, I don't know. Here what's we go. Happened. We'll go with this one. Let me tell you a story. 
<laughs> lyrics. I, there's a couple lyrical pieces I have used in the past. You have? Uh, yeah, when I've pre-prepared them and known that they were the right thing. Remember the I've been everywhere, man. That was well. That, yeah, that was uniquely uh, uniquely branded. Um, you all hear a loud sucking noise, just like a into a. Uh, uh, Sorry. Uh, as you hear it more and more and more, just like a sinking, like sucking noise of the whole reality around you, and you look outside and you realize everything around you is shrinking. The uh, uh, the crypt itself is getting smaller and smaller and smaller as you are rising more up into the air. And you realize, uh, uh, after looking for a moment, it is not you rising, but it is uh, it is you getting larger. The ship is growing, uh, the ship is growing larger and larger. The hands of Ao disappear into just specks below you uh, as, they, as they just get sunk like over the edge of the airship where you couldn't even see them. The forests and deserts and mountains just spread out in every direction around you until you start to see the curvature of Toral itself as the airship, uh, uh, as Snowbane's uh, gift grows larger and larger and larger until you can just barely see the edge of the planet below you. For the uh, for Snowbane's gift must be as large as the uh, as large as the planet itself, and then even larger, where you can't see. You, all you can see is stars and space in every Stop direction. And uh, you feel just the slightest teetering feeling, as you can imagine, the planet beneath you uh, holding uh, Snowbane's gift on a single point of the edge of its sphere. And then it tips. And the entire ship starts falling down to the starry space below and you all feel the weightlessness set in. The objects around you rise up into the air. I'm sorry! And uh, just as it uh, threatens to lift your feet off the ground and throw you through the windows or the doors or uh, in any direction, uh... The, uh, the entire starry sky around you engulfs in, sorry, uh, it just explodes in a roiling storm as clouds and lightning form all around you, and uh, the, you enter free fall and float up into the air as you see just clouds and you feel the airship tumbling through the ground and then start to steady itself into an even fall downwards as each of you are floating up in this airship, your tools and swords and bags just all around. We should have strapped stuff down. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's everywhere. There's a lot of dangerous things it's here. Airship. It feels, as you're falling, it feels like seconds or hours, or is it days or minutes? And uh, and at one point, you see a uh, you see a huge. Uh, face made out of uh, clouds and uh, roiling storm itself move towards the side of your airship and you hear a huge booming voice the sound of lightning itself saying who are you and then slam the storm is gone you are back on the material plane steady as a rock rod still jammed into the ground and the rod slowly moves up through the middle of the airship and reconnects to the ceiling. Baron looks out the window. 
You see a desert spanning out in every direction. Sparse uh, trees, Joshua trees, basically. Looks like Joshua tree. Ooh, yeah. So a desert, a rocky, uh, a rocky desert spanning out in every direction. Uh, desert trees uh, spotting the uh, spotting the terrain around you, and uh, the balloons have collapsed down. The tempest down below has gone completely still and dark. The wicker ball uh, reformed into its uh, uh, shape, and the tempest has gone dark like it does at the end of every day, but perhaps even darker. So Baron just sees desert and trees and rocks. Desert. Okay. The juice looks out, and just from his studies of the maps in the map area and stuff like that, now have I have the desert music. Any and looking like the mountains and the stars, does he have any idea of where they might be? Uh, well, I'll take a little bit to figure out. There are no stars because it's midday. Oh, okay. I keep thinking it's nighttime. You keep thinking it's nighttime. <laughs> has, the sun, has the sun moved? Um, no, it seems to be the same time of day. Gotcha. Okay. Even just based on mountains. Because was there, if you're on the west coast, there's an east coast. Skyclave? I'm trying to remember. Well, <laughs> do you have a map? Yes, his notes. We spent some good money at the map yeah, house. I expected this, a few copies. Does this make <laughs> sense as to being near Skyclave or not? Um, uh, very near Skyclave? Uh, does this I make pretty, sense? Like, I mean, you, it will take... You're in a brand new environment. It's going to yeah. take time to f- study landscapes. This is a very large world. I guess what I'm asking though is like, if you flash, yeah. if you teleported from the west coast to the east coast at the same time, the sun would be in different spots because of the time time zone difference. Okay. That's in that case, the sun has moved somewhere. Okay. So we've gone a distance. Yeah. The sun has moved, so time has passed, or a great distance has been traveled. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. It did not even occur to me. No, that's going yeah, yeah, to yeah. go out onto the balcony with his notes from the map room. Yeah. And start looking around at mountains and landmarks and stuff like that and try to see if they are anywhere near Skyclave based on his notes and observations and his skills in investigating such things. Alright, Drutzen has started to do that and uh, Grumbar just turns around from the Lux to look at everyone and says, Whoa! And then he just sits down. <laughs> Mark really wants to continue playing with his toys, but he goes with Justin for sure. This is like new new territory. He's gonna back him up. Fridge is also going. With Wait, are you leaving the ship? Is what you said? He's on the balcony. So no, he's on the balcony. He's not left the ship. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, thought, I did think desert. he was leaving the ship. No, Mark's <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Baron is on the balcony and he's looking around, mostly looking for any threats because we just showed up some <laughs> random place and. Uh, we're probably camped for the night because this is we're not moving today. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if bad shit's around, it's gonna be a problem. Yeah, he doesn't see anything at the moment. Uh, at a first, like you can walk around the whole balcony, right? Just like get get a look at the horizon in every direction. There's like not immediately. Uh, also, Baron looks to Dresden and says, "Dresden, did you see that face, too?" Uh, he just nods. He says, "Oh." Well, first things first, cousin. Let's figure out where we are, and then we can figure out the metaphysical consequences of what we just did. Aye. Baron's mind thinks to the various pantheons he knows, and is trying to think of any ones that would fit giant cloud face. 
Lord of Cloudface. <laughs> yeah, Lord of Cloudface. Lord of Clouds. <laughs> Lord of Face. Four wanderers. Passage in your realm of cloud. Four <laughs> wanderers walk up. We are the hand of Cloudface. <laughs> <laughs> you have offended Do you have a Ted? <laughs> um. Jerson has uh, come to the conclusion so far that you are probably still in the material plane on Toral. Can I use investigation or history or something? To because there's a, there's a moon. I'm assuming Toral has a moon. We're going to yeah. say it does. Uh, there's a moon there's that a is like in a position moon, so. relative to the sun. That's like it lines up for where you came from. Like, okay, that's good. Yeah, that looks right. Would this be appropriate for investigation? This is exactly investigation. Yeah, go ahead and give us a roll. And there's... I've heard uh, of tales of uh, <laughs> ships navigating at sea where there's not to see, but, you know, the sky and the stars, and they have a way of telling where they are. I don't know that I know how to do any of that. Quite, quite certain I don't. Landmarks are useful, and he points out a couple because he got a 21, or a passive 21. Ooh. Which do you use? Active. Nice. Oh. He actively investigates. He leans into it. Says, oh, look at the shape of that mountain. Uh, compared to that one, uh, and uh, that that mesa over there, uh, and uh, well, the cloud formation over there probably means a, some kind of basin. The smells and like the humidity, mm-hmm. maybe even. What you? What was the roll you got? Twenty-one. Uh, it takes Tristan, you know, a bit to like, yeah. taking taking all of this in, comparing notes, hearing any observations that anyone else was like sharing. Like, hey, did you see that thing over there? And uh, Justin comes to the conclusion that you are likely somewhere in the Shar Desolation. Oh God! Uh, probably, in, oh, wow. probably in the uh, uh, northeastern uh, northeastern side of it, uh, because you see evidence that the Underchasm uh, oh. off to the east is probably within a few hundred miles. A few, does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. A, yeah. Uh, uh, maybe a hundred miles or so to the east is probably the Underchasm are we based on some wind, wind currents. What? Oh, okay. No. Well, you can't like, see it, see it, but there's all, all these evidence, the the different okay. landmarks and stuff. You can see this mountain way off in the distance, this unnamed mountain here on our map. I know there's uh, ways you can use like uh, an angle measurement, looking at the angle of the sun to the, wherever you're at and it travels in the sky. You can at least figure out the latitude of where you are. Yeah, well, so you, you studied the cartographer. Uh, yeah, and place, he was so, like, really focused on like landmarks, like looking around, like seeing the... the Bare shade yeah. of mountains. Probably around here, which is even lack of mountains in other ways. Which, as the crow flies, as you compare your map, takes you more than halfway to Skydive yeah. for sure, based on total well, remaining distance. Good news is, I think I know where we are. Uh, the bad news is, I have nary an idea of what the hell that thing did. Um, is it the same day? Did we? Oh, well, I can work that out. Let's uh, <laughs> send a message to Edith. How long has it been? Hey. Just uh, checking in, all that information you promised. Also, what day is it? Her message. This radio band is reserved for only AO activities. Please, please get off. <laughs> yeah. Edith was my great-grandmother. Actually, no, he didn't have sending prepared. Oh, that's good <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, should, I, I'll know it. Unless you have it. It is name. I don't know if I do. Oh, let me see it. I know it is still daytime, but perhaps we should make comp and figure out what's going on. That's uh, probably a good idea oh, because I don't think this—I uh, don't think our balloon's going anywhere today," says uh, Essen as he comes <laughs> up to the top. He says, "Tempest spent." Um, 
So, I mean, I did not take a lot of time to get familiar with Essen, but I did get familiar with uh, Half Dwarf Essen. Gloom. Oh, not Essen. Eat it. I did get familiar with Gloom. Traded stories and ale. Yeah. Uh, so he'll use sending because I do have it prepared. And send a message to send I can do it once. Uh, so he's going to say, uh, this is Tristan. <laughs> Hi. 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 Uh, are you? Are you y'all... Okay. Well, are says you, hi to Val. Yeah, are you okay? We <laughs> saw spiders. We saw spiders. bit the flea ball too. Briefly <laughs> describe what you saw. How long oh, no. open ended. This is getting twenty five more. Has it been cookie? Cookie. <laughs> Did he call me Cookie? Hey Cookie. <laughs> hey Cookie. Cookie. Uh, Glum probably knows sending words for that. Well, that was I mean, quite a sight. It says, says your uh, your balloon shrunk down into nothing, uh, and uh, and then it was gone. You probably left ten minutes ago. It says spiders were no problem, just a couple of critters, probably somewhere within twenty-five. Minutes. Cookie. Cookie, uh, a a, a transfer and the sale, sale, and the sale, and the sale. Yeah, uh, and he says, oh, we traveled quite a distance <laughs> in in ten minutes. Well, I must say, worth the detour. Aye, could we just <laughs> do it again tomorrow? <laughs> well, I don't know if it took us to uh, another spot where the plains are thin. May have just taken oh. us to a spot. <clears throat> I uh, Scrim he says, he says good good call and uh, he's gonna go I guess the balcony is where the ladder is isn't it yeah so he's gonna climb down the ladder um, and uh, and undo his foot wraps and uh, take a little dust bath um, and um, <laughs> and chill like a chill like you know He's, he's got the rat cat cloak, so he really just. Um, uh, he's oh, his clothes. oh! It's been so cold where we've been. Oh yeah, it's What's been a while since here? we've been where it's hot. Yeah, um, the well, cold it, too. it's still winter, right? Um, although you're you're trending towards uh, spring here, and it's it's Isn't not equator. It's not nearly as yeah. I, I don't know what Toral actually <laughs> looks like, but call it equatorish. I mean, look, you can kind of see... It does seem drier to the south. Yeah, there's I mean, but look, generally, there's more see, see the deserts are along here. Is this the whole here. world, or is this just, like, Europe? No, no, I so... Like <laughs> this is the... If you if you want to get down to it, Faerun is one of the continents on Torah. Uh, okay. There are other lands? There are, and if you start going into America. some of the other adventures and stuff, they are in the other land, it's like, the other favorite. continents of Toral. Um, so the, I think this represents maybe, like, half the globe, or something like that. I, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, I, I don't have I, I don't know the Faerun, or the Forgotten Realms, like, um, cosmology that well, but, uh, yeah, this is... So Let's assume this is, like, getting up towards maybe the, the poles, because it's yeah, cold. Yeah, they clearly... But it see doesn't look ice. cold down there. No, it's not as much. No. But look at the that, mountains. That oh, wait, is, no, all the mountains. That's, like, a jungle. Like, that island that's, like, jungle and, like, humid, yeah. and so... So well, let's say maybe the bottom of the map the is the equator. The, the Kalimshin the Desert... Look, this is right here. It's, like, this is, oh, this is desert equator. Going all the way it's desert. 
Um, so we're at it. Well, I guess it would be like tropical. <laughs> if, it, if it was a sphere, you would need. Judging that, by how that Atlas much. does its biomes, this would be like in the middle and the equator would be down here. So you need like a lot below that. Yeah, warmer so would be. You have here the. Yeah. Right on so the equator is nice. It's warmer. And you have the it's definitely band, like, warmer where it was. It's not snowy here based on uh, yeah. uh, altitude. It gets chilly tonight, warm during the day. But Scrim is going to go out and just sit down in the in the sand and kind of try to. He. Because he is so used to feeling the the shift of the the natural energies and the ley lines and everything, um, this is a huge. He's never been teleported before. I can say that with confidence. So this is like there's like an air pressure kind of feeling of like all of a sudden he's like okay like this isn't it's ever shifted that much. It's getting off an airplane compared to going on going on a long car trip with the windows down the whole way kind of thing. Yeah. Like he hasn't acclimated to this. But he's going to spend some time. Um, he really just wants to feel to try to get a sense of if the ley lines and kind of natural energies here are specifically just A B similar to where we were before. He's trying to get a sense of if the natural energy here right. is of the same flavor as the uh, the crypt. Uh, Scrim Corner can come to the pretty quick conclusion that no, this isn't like another special uh, arcane spot like where you left. Good question. Mock has two questions. Mock. One, can he continue to work with ease the Stormonix? Has like has the fundamental kind of character of the stun been it's altered like, for it's, good? It's come back. Or it's, it's uh, and it's like back to its old way, like there's this nice like cut on it that looks beautiful now yeah. that's like physical form has returned and it is as it was before. Gotcha. So once again on Not its shape, but it's yeah, yeah, it's, it's consistencies, yeah. So once again, unworkable. So he quickly tests that kind of like with a few uh, kind of kind of probes with his with his tools and kind of notes that and then, then pockets that, but with kind of you know, a satisfied smile. I mean, again, it's so much of it is like the knowledge and the technique over the execution. So he's learned something, and it didn't seem to cost him anything. If anything, he's moved progress forward on that particular gem. And the second thing he looks at. Is his replica, the replica of Durgenin's Forge, which he's working on. The, the kind of the premise of them rebuilding it is this forge, this anvil, and this, this forge was built in Karundrakar to, at least in very simple terms, really kind of take in and, and, and hold and, and bottle a great deal of energy, which then it released for, it released into the, the yeah. items of crafting how upon does he, that. How does he check for this? So basically, so he he's sensitive to the the, the 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 types of energies. So he tests it first with the storm uh, onyx that he was working on, placing it on placing it on the anvil to see if it, there's any reaction. If it was any energy brought into the anvil, does it does it react at all to having something very sensitive to that type of energy? Placed upon it, so it's a simple t- first test. And Mach has done this before in other times to sort of like get a baseline. Right. And uh, types of energy, there is so. there is a reaction. There's it's something. very slight. Ah, yeah. uh, uh, like he he does it, and you can see that there's a change. There's a change in the symptoms, but he gets the feeling that it's weak and it's fleeting, and perhaps even uh, disappearing rapidly mm. from it. But there's something here. There's something. Something about his construction of this, the copying Dragon's plans, using the journals, like working we're, we're with, with who did you work with? Oh yeah, you worked with Essen to make Essen, it. For sure, like, so Drusen, I think, and, and Mock are both students of Essen. Mock has kind of his steering the lessons in 
kind of in the direction of his own designs. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Oh, uh, but yeah, he, uh, he, he can tell that like Stop. something has worked here. Gotcha. Like, did it, should it have captured more? Did you do something wrong? Like all questions to be answered. And it's one of those things like, it's not like, like this is like a field of energy. It's not like he's like hooking up like a power cable to it. It's just like there's electricity in the air. So this is very untargeted in terms of the energy. Very different than like freaking pounding the energy from like that axe of Durgeddon and driving it in a great amount of energy, driving it into uh, Durgeddon's forge versus like the ambient kind of energy being kind of like just kind of captured or like a, a very kind of thin layer. But a, a very important thing to learn. Upon discovering that, he rejoins kind of the, the party to, to see more, learn more about where we are and what, what's to be done here. All right. What about Bearjaw? Bearjaw's with Dristan, right? Looking around in, yeah, this, in yeah. this environment. Um, she's more interested in what's going on in this area rather than where this area is specifically. Like tracks? Or? Yeah, tracks, that kind of thing, signs of animals. Um, just a lot of it's looking at the any signs of animals affecting the the flora or fauna, you know, like the, you said that there are trees. Yeah, like so Joshua like, trees. Looking for tufts of fur that have gotten snagged on the trees or, or blood or, or animal carcasses, things that would show signs of life here. That kind of animal related Bear, And Bearjaw finds it um, pretty quickly. This is not an environment that is her like main place, it's certainly. Not, it's right? not her biome. It's not her That's biome, sure. but uh, but she can see the telltale things. She can see the bites in uh, uh, in, in some of the, 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 the trees. She can What's see these like the trees. The, the tufts of fur is definitely well, a lot of well, lot of animals. insects in the uh, insects, in the sand insects. and uh, uh, buzzing uh, buzzing insects in, in the air. She also does see some more obvious tracks. There's not a lot of wind here right now, and it doesn't seem to be carrying away the tracks. And she sees uh, what might be uh, uh, like uh, um, hoofbeats, like uh, uh, along sort of a path. It takes her a while to find. But she sees like mm-hmm. a, like a pathway where there's like you know potentially a whole bunch, maybe a herd of uh, of, of horses uh, passing through. And um, yeah, so she sees there's definitely there's definitely a lively place. She, with the amount of evidence she's seen, she would expect to see some larger animals within the day. Checks that information away. Oil vein. Uh, oil vein's never seen anything like this. This is probably the largest open space. I mean, like he did at like when he got transported that time because of the de- uh, what was her name? Uh, the Deja. 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 Like, Deja. Yeah. When she kidnapped him, I think he had maybe some kind of weird expanse that he saw, but that was like a weird nightmarish dark world. It wasn't really a place to think about it much. Yeah, but this is like, I think it's it's during the day, and it's just like a desert that's open and like large animals. Uh, He lets Snoot out to kind of run around and explore. Nice. (laughs) And then he, uh, but he's just kind of surveying because he doesn't necessarily know how to like process this place. It's like the biggest open. You should have shown me your dog. That's true, yeah. 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 What was that? I was thinking you should have shown your dog. Oh, yeah. Actually, uh, <laughs> it was too. Was, have you seen uh, how much mental capacity he had when he was in her presence? That's true. <laughs> There's a lot of things he should have done. Snoop was there just laughing. She literally <laughs> ate out of his hand. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that worked out. She yeah. could have 
She could have eaten whatever she wanted. <laughs> she could have devoured him. A second. Oh. His man. It's gonna have unlocked her jaw and started putting it over his head. He would have stood when's, there shaking. When's your brother coming back? My brother isn't coming back. <laughs> she, would, she would turn into a spider and what? rack him in a cocoon. Yeah. yeah. What have you done? And he'd sit I there going, Am I tasty? <laughs> uh, is this a delicacy? What's making now? Amazing. Drewson setting up camp now. Getting out of his tent, changing out of his rabbit fur cloak into his old green cloak. You see a dust storm coming from around a uh, uh, a large, uh, uh, medium hill. Baron uses the qualities of his armor to see if there are any red dragons There's around. There are not. <laughs> Great. <laughs> what about with a 2x multiplier yeah. vision? Yeah, how about that 2x multiplier? You look at the, uh, the, dust, dust, the dust storm. Yeah. It's an elder yeah. air elemental. Oh, <laughs> no! Mach has seen the movements of uh, uh, the movements of of armies and such in his uh, in his oh, time of service uh, enough times to see uh, to see what is definitely the kicked up dust of a large group on the move. Mach's eyes just mumbles, "We've got company." Oh fuck! And then Mach sees. A volley of oh, arrows come over that's... the mountain. He says, "Take cover!" And you hear hoofbeats coming closer. Shield. We'll continue next week. <laughs> <laughs> I was so worried. What do you do? I can't invest in this right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so tapped out. I know. Oh my god. Uh, at least Woo! I feel a little In bit. to the fire. All right. I guess homework for next week. <clears throat> Given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would your character want as a dinner guest? Answering from the perspective of your character. That's really tough. And and the perspective of our character's world. Yeah. Yes. Frederick yeah. Cameron oh. Helm so you could just stand. I put my <laughs> exactly. He just like smashes like the, the staples button. That was easy. <laughs> I mean, we all know that Oil Band's gonna say Valvin Melbar. Yeah. <laughs> For naked it's all kinds of what I wouldn't trade using one more moment.